everybody. Welcome to the podcast, The Polarized Podcast, the home for all your polarizing movie needs. I am one of your hosts, James. Welcome. We are talking a spooky movie in the middle of eh, t- tail end of of uh, summertime. We're in we're in Augie Doggy uh, season tail end of Augie Doggy. Uh, it is sequel time as well. We did Bad Boys 2 last week. We're doing Scream 2 this week. It's a polarizing movie. What that means is the critics love this one and the audience, eh, not so, not so, uh, much feeling it. We got an 82% from the critics. We have a 58% from the audience. That means it's polarizing. They disagree on it on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, sometimes the audience is favorite as well. And then the critics don't like it, but either way, They disagree. These are all the movies that we talk about here. The movies that people just can't seem to get on the same page about. And the past couple ones have been sequels. And we're jumping right into a franchise in its second outing. Uh, And that creates, you know, some feelings. That is just many of those feelings about sequels are discussed in this movie itself. Uh, which is a fascinating uh, metatextual commentary that is inherent in all of these Scream movies. Um, I'm so happy to join you today. Before I go any further into uh, the real, the real meaty, the real important topic today, which is Scream 2, I would like to introduce my trusty companion. Uh, he has lasted this far. We have, we are the co-conspirators of this podcast, if you will. Uh, maybe he's, is he the Loomis? Am I the, the Matt? What's Matt Lillard's character? I don't know. Uh, if this was, uh, a murder that, that had to take place this podcast, then we would be on the scene as the Loomis and the Matthew Lillard. Um, me, the forever guest, him, the man with the plan. It is Brandini. Yes, 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 yes. Of the polarized kingdom. Welcome me, welcome Long you, welcome you, James. Welcome me, hey. welcome you. We should yes, do that every that ep. Is, every ep. I, that's my new greeting. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> welcome hey. me, welcome you. Welcome me, welcome you. Um, what's up, man? <laughs> what up? Hey, how's it going? It's fun Good. to jump. I feel like we're jumping around in the podcast today. We didn't get into too much small talk before it so you guys are just i mean we're small talking right now yeah and you guys are here for it isn't it great this is this is how yeah, we this behave is, this is yeah this is our this relationship <laughs> and this is our relationship um uh, i, I want to establish yeah, you are like have been watching some of these uh movies recently so yeah, i'm gonna real, yeah i'm gonna be referring to you for maybe some scream one knowledge or perhaps some spoilers for the later uh entries in the franchise if we want to go there uh but how, yeah how the hell are you i'm doing well man i you know a little concert update i went and saw my morning jacket recently Ooh. that and i also saw yellow card somewhat recently whoa uh, so i have some concert updates for oh my all of those people oh, we're doing who, concert uh, update we do that segment sometimes i got some concert updates so man i'm doing good i'm feeling good about it i'm i'm a little stressed that summer's over almost over because that's You're my stressed. this is my favorite yeah a little a little stressed a little anxious because hmm. you know i just it's what it's that fleeting feeling like you know sand running you know falling through your fingers where time is tears in the rain and this yeah and that summer's going away baby and then i hate to see it go I really do. 
Yeah, but sometimes you just gotta you gotta let the chick go and let it let it see if it can fly from the nest, and that's <laughs> and and it'll it'll fly and it'll come back next summer with uh, with more stories to tell. I don't know what this where this metaphor is going. <laughs> I, I love it. Oh, it was so, <laughs> I so lost philosophical. It. I lost it. Uh, no, but you're a you big time it. summer guy. So I'm a I get huge it. summer man. I'm kind of looking I'm forward a- to the transition now to summer. I mean, there's a part of me that is sick of sweating 24 mm-hmm, seven. So there, mm-hmm. that part of me is really stoked about it getting cooler, but man, I don't know. It's just the, um, the summer vibes are immaculate. My man. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I've enjoyed like the, the summer cr- as well. Yeah. I've enjoyed the vibes yeah. this summer. I know. I've, man, I've, I've had a few concerts myself and, uh, yeah, let's, can yeah. I reveal con- I don't think I've told you this, Brandon, but I also went to a concert. Tell me, I went to see, tell me. And if my guest, if our guest wants to jump in at any time and we'll, intru- we'll introduce you as, as yeah. we go along as well, but you're welcome to, to jump in at any time. Don't feel like you have to, mm-hmm. you have to, uh, sit here for concert review, but I went to the era's tour of a little artist oh, known as Taylor oh, Swift. Holy shit. I don't, know, did you, on, I don't on think like yeah, there's a whim and it, and it was, uh, how I would describe it. I'm I'm not yeah. the biggest Taylor would, Swift fan, and I had a Swifty is what I'm not the biggest. Okay, see that's why. See <laughs> you already know. See I didn't even use the proper nomenclature. Uh, um, I'm not the biggest Swifty. I love I do love a good good Swifty. Oh my god, you're Swift. gonna make so many of them mad. Swifty song, and you're not a big Swifty. Okay. Oh yeah. well, I'm well. No, the reason I say that I I am a big one. I'm just not the biggest. I God. definitely love okay. her. I went to the fucking concert. Of course, I love her. I know. I like, yeah, but, but I just know there's other there's hey, others that weren't there that are probably even bigger fans than I am. Uh, so that's uh, that's almost like a like I don't I don't know yeah, if I fill the prerequisite to some of the hard, more hardcore Swifties to to earn a, to go to a show. But I went and I enjoyed myself, and it how I describe it was the best concert I've ever seen in my life in, <laughs> in terms of production and and she she played 44 fucking songs and the whole uh conceit of the show and the tour is the eras yeah so she goes through chunks of her her whole career and does like i don't know like five four four to six yeah like four to six and some of them are like shorter and then she does a couple surprise songs for that are different for each show Mine got to Special be exile, exile, the Bonnie Bear song from Folklore. Oh, he didn't come out, but oh, damn, I was like, oh, I like that song. Um, just, yeah. But yeah, I, like I say that because maybe I like other uh, other bands maybe a, a bit better. And I would that's say okay. like <laughs> I, yeah, when I like I would like, oh, maybe that's another like a Radiohead show is my favorite show I've ever been to. But as far as like production value and everything that Almost went involved with it is like yeah. the, it's like and i saw a sofi stadium and i've never been to that stadium before and the very big and and you just hear a, i never heard that many people screaming lyrics to a song and it almost was like unnerved it almost like felt like being in like i don't know just like a cult yeah or like a an apocalypse <laughs> yeah Cool. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Or like the Senate had like started just like, right. like this is how democracy I ne- dies. <laughs> I, and it was in like a circle. I just know whatever they say. I've never heard that sound before. It was made me a, like it was like emotional. Like when it first started, and I was just like, oh, oh wow, like this I've never experienced anything like this before. And it makes me want to be like, 
Come on, Radiohead, do an Eras tour. Do an Eras tour for me. Uh, Go through sure. all the albums and just my morning jacket. Do an Eras. Everyone do an Eras tour and just go through and do like very like chronological. It wasn't f- fully chronological, but just eat chunk chunks of your albums. Um, but I feel like I've taken too much time. I just had to give. No, no we're not. Give no, my hey. uh, my uh, my swift. I'm glad you enjoyed swift. it, man. It was that sounds amazing. awesome. Yeah. So do you uh, do you have your favorite era? I was trying to figure out what to dress myself. Or and, maybe and what, was, it, what was your was favorite so era at the show? Yeah, I guess that Ooh. that could be a thing too. Not like you know so much of like what m- music outside of the concert mm-hmm. era wise, like what album of hers you like the most. But what era maybe you saw was your favorite too? Maybe that. Oh yeah, I mean that maybe, might color that might be two different questions. But I'd say, it, yeah, but I'd say if exists. I had to round them into one, I think, and this you know at the risk of plugging our other podcast prod pod, where we talk about music producers. We just talked about uh, Max Martin and I spent a lot of time listening to, you know, both red and 1989. And I feel like 1989 Nine is, your is just, I don't know if it's my, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. Cause it's when I, and the way that I think about that question is like, if I could only have one Taylor, I feel like that's a pretty good <laughs> one to have, but then also it's like, then you miss a little bit of the more country folksy stuff. If you just sure. that's a little bit more of the arena pop everything, but man, when she played those songs, that was like like, sh- like shake it off must have been in, in pretty incredible. That yeah, that and red I think was when things were at the peak, like people fucking going yeah. going crazy. Um, and I was red is my favorite album of hers. That's I think red's an incredible album, incredible album, and that that's and how I trouble. that was my uh, dress. How, how I I dress because I was like, how am I going to dress in air? So I wore a red shirt and uh, oh you got into it that's I, fun i did my best in some red in some red nike shoes and uh then i and when i got there i realized there was like 20 like i saw 20 other guys wearing the exact same outfit as me because we can oh my oh, i'll just yeah. i know what i'll do i'll wear a red shirt that'll work <laughs> so oh my well that's so i mean that's hey that's the benefit of being a guy you can just be like oh this is me trying and red. everybody's like oh great yeah. good for you <laughs> oh he tried isn't that so wonderful but i uh, i uh, really love folklore as well I, I think that album is is amazing and that has like you know the the desner national sort of sound to it and national. i think that yeah that one is a uh, mirror ball might be my favorite song that's on that album and oh cool yeah yeah for sure um god what i, I was just gonna ask you one more thing before we introduce our guest i know um, sorry sorry our our favored guest yeah we'll get we love you we'll get you here um the question i was gonna ask you was fuck maybe oh god it was Owen oh, Heim also opened, by the way. Oh, oh, cool. wow! And then wow. they came out for uh, oh, what's the song? I know he did it, but I just can't prove it. What, oh, the the one it's on Evermore, and they uh, they sang that together, and that was oh, that was so cool. Seen fucking, and they sounded amazing opening. And me and you, Brandini, I'm sure we covered this on a past concert review when we saw the Chili Peps at the Petco Park. Chili Peps. Um, Heim opened, and they're just like a great. They sound amazing yeah. in an arena. I was blown I away. Love them and like, to death. We sh- yeah, we showed up a little bit late, like when they were when they like had just got on. But man, they they filled that fucking space so well, and they they sound. I was going to guess Peppers would be a good band to do an Eras tour because they have yeah. so many different sounds over the years. Like they, so they would really have a lot, a lot of bands, you know, they've been around a long time, but like they, a lot of their eras are, it's still very clearly the same band where Taylor had so much evolution from album to album and the Chili Peppers are a, a lot like that. And as a, I agree, I, and they kind of did that, but it's just the, 
her it's it so much as the production right because mm-hmm. i just you know yeah. my costume and, changes and, uh, like costume changes backdrop changes all of that stuff Dancer which is yeah, I been, I watched, maggie and i watched the watched the concert uh oh my screen. god yeah oh, cool. so many lives yeah, like a whole cabin sh- and yeah. shit for like she just fucking sings on top yeah. of like a cabin at one point it's it's crazy it's wild um i uh incredible yeah. It's uh, going to be a, a cherished concert memory for me and has like invigorated an even new love for her as well. So like listening to her now, it's just even even better, more better. That's uh, what I would say about My Morning Jacket, man. I yeah, haven't I really listened to too, too many of their albums, but I've listened to a couple over the years and seeing them live for the first time. That is, that is just immaculate vibes. We were talking about immaculate vibes for the summer. My Morning Jacket is just That's really like music for sure. so good live. It, they, his voice sounds incredible. And I think the song selection uh, is just amazing you know there it's slow and meditative at times but really it 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 just brings so much energy when it needs to that you never like it's not it's not too like let's just sit down and enjoy this it all it always still maintains a level Mm -hmm. of like we're at a concert we're together we're here you know feeling the music it breathes Uh, yeah and uh, mm -hmm. but, but then there's some like i'm thinking of like z and like keep it off the record off the yeah, record, off the record I know, it's kind of like a, it's a downbeat sort of like almost like a yeah reggae almost a dub 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 style a little bit um <laughs> dub style you know <laughs> you know dub style <laughs> <laughs> maybe we shouldn't do that too much okay anyway so <laughs> we, we, we're avoiding being canceled let's bring in our guest you may know him from wonderful past episodes How do you uh, and then knocking knocking what is it knocking down the house knocking yes. down the house knock down the house uh knock down the house what else do we got uh what was the last one um fuck help me out do james we, well we didn't do greatest showmen together did we didn't we do a musical no. one together no. Do, say what? Which one? Do, ah, now I feel bad. Yeah, what was the last one? Oh, we came back for Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan That's, Hansen. I was like, a it musical, was a musical. Yeah, yeah. it was a musical. Yeah, I know. Yes. I know you we have a beautiful voice. Greatest Showman, just prior to that, and, and we did yes, because we were on this musical. Got it. Okay. Well, oh, bring him in. <laughs> bring him in. What's up, guys? <laughs> hey, we got Aaron Moore on <laughs> the got got pod. Yes, yes, we're here. Thank Man, you so much for coming back. Oh, thank you for coming back. That uh, waving through the window is on my playlist of this year. Like I can't, I love it. When it, when it comes up on this playlist I made, I just, I can't, I can't help myself. I love waving through the window. I think that's such a like great musical song. Uh, yeah. He's in a new movie coming out. Um, it's like about theater camp or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Classic. <laughs> Looks kind of funny. Looks good. Buddy. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> he just, yeah, we get it. He was in theater. Let's see him in other stuff. Or it's like a whole is movie based be, on. Uh, is he going to be a counselor or is he going to be uh, <laughs> another, he's gonna be a kid. another <laughs> movie where he's like ghoulishly shambling around the screen pretending to be a teenager? Again. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can go to camp, mother and father. <laughs> Just, just, yeah. just anxiously shuffling around and like sure shirking like shooting his head forward <laughs> to belt out these notes like and he's like yeah just in his forehead just bulging he's like fully bald at this point <laughs> 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 he's hunched over <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah it's just yeah it's it's that bit from uh not another teen movie where they're making fun of i've never been kissed <laughs> it's just like, yeah or, uh, clearly clearly not a student <laughs> i'm thinking we're in like, this movie let's let's yeah let's talk american about summer as too. well you know i don't know like the oh, when yeah. they do the prequels and they're it's like 20 years later they make the prequels and everyone's older but they don't hide it it's oh it's such a funny bit that lasts the whole season of that show <laughs> are there two seasons <laughs> amazing uh, <laughs> Just the idea yeah, to, and, the, and the thing of like TV where you just make people look worse rather than better is such a funny thing. I know that uh, Mac and Sonny is a good example of that where he just got super fat. Now he's all ripped. Um, but I that's just uh, to to continue no, on. And, and this if we're if we're going to get into into this franchise, I mean, everybody's just everybody's a snack <laughs> in all these movies. <laughs> It's a snack, but also, yeah, uh, to the point we're making here is clearly not of high school age. Oh, no. <laughs> it, is a, it is aggressive when you At just like. At least this one's college, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, right. But were, like but in freshmen college. in college, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like just went to college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, freshmen in college, but they look like they're all 27. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? None Everyone the less, has their journey. Everybody looks everybody looks good oh yeah i'm, I'm loving that's i think uh, this yeah if we can just if you just want to start there the cast of this movie is impeccable especially oh, yeah maybe they weren't who they were at the time but then looking back on it it really holds up when you see fucking joshua jackson have one line in a classroom and you're like hey it's fucking dawson dawson's ch- or <laughs> he's, he's dawson in the titular dawson's creek right it's his creek uh-huh wait Right? Is it? Oh. That's it, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> All right, so let's mark that. Let's <laughs> um, oh, but but that classroom okay, scene, so I think that that's a fun that's a fun conversation. It's incredibly. We fun. can start with the cold I, open and, and instead. Yeah, let's talk about that cold open because you know one thing I would say is is that you know the kind of energy and attitude that Jada Pinkett's bringing, I could understand a little bit where Will Smith was coming from. With what? <laughs> With which which part? <laughs> she is she's a, she's difficult in this. Would you not agree? Like she is. I not to say that Omar Epps is being like a you know a gentleman by and large. Oh, you no, know, not he, at all. Yeah, you know he's kind of being a sleaze, but she is like absolutely really being a jerk and like rude and not oh, yes. pleasant to be around. Like the whole being a real time. spoil sport, just a real mm-hmm. nag but he's also being yeah a total sleaze just not very considerate no not at all she wants to see that sandra bullock picture right but everyone's lining up for stab it looks like an event i mean oh yeah and then right but then it starts right off the bat right for omar where he's like wants to go see a horror movie because it like being scared makes people horny or something like that is to that effect Mm -hmm. he says he's like no i'll get us in the mood i'm like oh gross dude come on but we got omar Epps and jada pinkett and like really they're it's the same shit across the board with this cast is like everybody is on this up upswing these are some of the like exciting you know young hollywood actors which i mean not for nothing you know a fair amount of them have had really lengthy and successful careers i mean Mm -hmm. fuck we gotta leave schreiber in this uh, we got a Jada, you know, a Timothy fucking, I don't know. Those people have had great careers. Love, love <laughs> Timothy. 
Whoa. Jerry O'Connell. Love Jerry. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, Jerry O'Connell's great. He has. He. I don't know. He's got this. He's got this kind of uh, this uh, movement to him that I. I don't know. Cara has mentioned he was one of her favorite. My wife has his one of her uh, favorite people that she's ever worked with was was Jerry O'Connell. That's a, great. So he was a sweetheart. Oh, I, I, I get it. He kind of exudes that innately, you know, that he is a sweetheart and such and a, a good looking dude. Yeah. Just a and he, guy. Gl- he glowed up, too, because he was, uh, you know, and what is the is stand, that stand by me? Is that by me? Yeah. yeah. Stand by yeah, me. Yeah. Stand by me. Stand by me. Stand by me. Stan. Stanley. Jerry O'Connellson. Uh, and T. Oliphant, man. T. Oliphante. Yeah, a young T. Oliphante in this, and I loved it. He has always been bringing that crazy. People energy. at the Shire are never going to believe this back at home. Hey, he's one I of saw, my all-time I saw, I saw, I saw an Oliphant. <laughs> oh, we're going to move on past that. Sorry, I'm going to stop. <laughs> uh, no, we are leaving that one in. <laughs> no, I think you're, yeah, you're right. You this should, is like when you first, go, first when you go to the Shire, James, <laughs> let me know how they don't believe you. <laughs> Old Friar Tuck or whatever the fuck. <laughs> oh, come on. Friar Tuck's That's from Robin Hood. <laughs> That's from Robin Hood. Okay. All right. Well, we're moving on now. You can't. You Where can't am I? Robin. You got your Robin Hood and your Lord of the Rings. Let's ah, get out of here. Damn. Happens. Got your chocolate and my peanut butter. Could you imagine Robin Hood could could just roll up into Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, you're right. right? <laughs> OK, so back to Scream. Uh, <laughs> so the start of this movie is uh, at a movie. Pretty meta, right? And they're talking about right movies off the bat. Right, right off the bat, too. Like both of them are yeah. talking about like black representation in in film and media and uh-huh. everything and they're talking about you know that just it's that kind of metatextual sort of thing is already starting with everyone seems to be really in touch with pop culture which is i'd say pre, like pretty it's true good to, i pretty think the like, good the beat like the people yeah. that i know and, and friends and everything is like fun to talk about movies fun oh, here we are on a podcast talking about movies so it's just like to see people being very media savvy in a movie and talking talking about it in the way that almost Tarantino or something talks about movies uh-huh, sure. and like kind of breaking it down and in, in, in broad strokes and everything is like kind of satisfying. Sometimes, and we'll talk about it, it gets a little little much, but you know, this Yeah, so yeah, this movie in particular, because yeah, I just watched all three of them re, uh leading up to this and because they're great. The third one's the worst, obviously, but I mean it's still it's set in Hollywood, it's fun. It's you know, it's a fun movie. I had not seen these movies really growing up. I think I, cause I've just never been a horror guy. We've, I, I feel like a broken record. Cause I've talked about that on, you know, that aspect yeah. about me, which has definitely changed now, especially after doing this podcast. Cause like we uh, pushed like ourselves and myself in doing this podcast to do a bunch of different horror movies that really opened me up to loving the genre and being into the genre in a lot of ways. And I, uh, the, like the gore in this is really like, it's very gruesome, but also like fun. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's uh, exciting. It's 
interesting well, kind of what, like how they choose yeah. to kill people but would you say that yeah. your issues sometimes with horror movies might be and i know it's for me as well as like the it can be very tropey you know and and for like there's a lot of tropes and there's a lot of stereotypes of like how like especially a slasher movie might go and at this time leading like shortly after the 80s when that was such a big thing to reinvigorate the like oh, and make a horror franchise it almost you have to deconstruct it and subvert it and kind of play with those tropes in a different in a satirical sort of way which i think would speak mm -hmm. to somebody who's yeah not as big into scary movies and more like is like an outsider looking in i know we like them now but i think i'm even thinking of a lot of these references for me were backwards because i saw scary movie first same right and yeah, i remember huh, seeing same. and i were like snippets of the first uh scream and everything but um being more familiar with like scary movie and then yeah just the the ending of the first one and the twist inherent in it and the ability to do that with satirical elements is never i don't know it's hard really hard to to beat that but i wanted to ask uh aaron do you have like a history with this franchise is this like mean anything to you or like horror movies in in general or like they uh sure, yeah they i think i saw the first scream <laughs> Uh, the, the for the year it came on video because I obviously was too young to see it in the theaters. I saw mm. it at a sleepover when I was I think in third grade. Ooh, wow! And, young. Uh, scary. I, I had, yeah, scary. I, I was watching a lot of those because um, I had a friend at the time who who would we we watched a lot of those like the horror slashers of the day and also like the more action oriented movies like Blade and stuff like stuff that was not age appropriate. But like, yeah, you know, we all like have that R rated, R rated. Don't care. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, a little yeah. R an R rated, like R rated elementary yeah. school friend. Yeah. Those are fucking awesome. That is a, that's <laughs> a, 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 vo a voice clip that could be taken badly out of context. An R rated elementary school friend. <laughs> uh, yes it could where did he touch you school, at whose house you watch you're gonna see that on tiktok movies. i'm gonna be very clear that's what i mean brandon was the one who showed me saw for the first time for someone who was not into mm. scary movies he was an edgelord so he showed me saw on like high school and i'd like never seen a scary movie before i was like i didn't see scream 2 until years later and um at first, I didn't like it, but after rewatching it for the podcast, I I'm totally on board, and I, I really see Scream Two now as awesome. A, uh, yeah, right. It's mm -hmm. an awesome movie on on like especially so of its fun time. and entertaining. It's so, it's so like really, uh, it's awesomely nineties. Yeah, of, a lot totally. Of, you know, the soundtrack is so good, like so delicious. Oh yeah. 90s. And then the uh, I see the movie though as being like a functional part two more so than a sequel, which is not exactly yeah. how it was written, but like he already had a pitch and like a treatment. Mm -hmm. Yep. for the second movie when they when he was selling the first movie he had to like the studio, two, and they two were like, different ones i think the, yeah and I, it, they, they, it was still in theaters when they greenlit scream 2 correct so scream yes. 1 was in theaters when they greenlit scream 2 and, and, I, and that it feels like that it feels like it, it was kind of always intended to happen right after so it's, it feels like more of a part two than like a sequel but it, agreed, it, it especially plays the with that, that uh, idea of being a sequel in such a fun way too right absolutely oh my god the uh which uh that is where the movie succeeds and also has its greatest failings is that it 
it handles the trope, it handles the commentary and the pitfalls and the tropes that it is making fun of as a sequel, but then it does fall a little mm. bit prey to it itself. And yes. then you're like, Ooh, you're actually a little bit behind the eight ball here. If you're, you were in front of it being like making fun of it and being on top of it. And that was good. But now you're falling a little bit behind. That's where these kind movies... of rides, rides the line on this one a little bit. But I mean, yeah. to Aaron's point is like, it's just, I agree. It's, it's really fun though. This was such an enjoyable watch where it was, it's got a lot in it. It moves along, cranks along. Oh yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And so, sometimes I when it, I was younger, I just hadn't seen enough horror movies to get everything out of it. Uh, right. A, sure. Like what it's referencing. Now, now I thought, and I was like, Oh, this is, this is good. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm in the same, same boat. And I, I think it is like it, it's good for you yourself to be somewhat media savvy in watching this movie as well. Cause it's, it's playing with those tropes and it's playing with a lot of the stereotypes that are inherent in scary movies yeah. and, and slasher movies yeah. for that matter. Um, uh, I, yeah, I, I am on the same page with you guys. And I think a lot of the meta stuff that sometimes I have a hard time with, and I feel like I've warmed up a lot more since it's just so inherent in, in a lot of our, our media these days since we're also media savvy and it's a no. it's a natural part of it and even think you know we're talking about like matrix resurrections or or whatever or we brandon and i rewatched uh i guess a scream five technically um and that's where these movies kind of you know that at parts they fall flat when they try to have their cake and eat it too where it's kind of trying to have the satirical fun poking you know, subversion at horror movies sort of shtick, but then like you're saying, Brandon, it falls prey to the same things that those like laziness that they, stare, that they yeah. make fun of and criticize for. They just uh, go into that same well. And I thought, I thought it was interesting. You brought up the, it got greenlit, you know, immediately already had like a little back, like, Oh, what's this on the back? Oh, it already two more treatments for another movies. Let's do it. Kevin, Kevin Williamson just included those. Um, but people were so into it and the internet was a new thing that when it was, it, the script was written, it actually got leaked and the ending was spoiled for some people so much so that they decided in the making of the movie to, to rejigger it and try to find different ways to throw people off the scent. They would write what Kevin Williamson described as dummy scripts where he would essentially what they did with game of Thrones and like the last couple seasons of game of Thrones where they would ha have fake scripts and, and yeah. not tell the cast until like the day or like the week of when they were shooting and everything and to try to keep things so locked up. And the original ending from what I little, my research was there was going to be four killers and it was going to be the two Timothy, Timothy Oliphant. Um, what's his face's mom. Mother. And yeah. then it was going to be her friend and uh her boyfriend jerry o'connell and her best friend were going to be like lovers uh that were like together that were trying to pretty much bank on yeah. uh being pop like getting media coverage themselves the same almost like like there's a lot of characters um, there's a few characters in the movie, this movie that are really concerned with like being famous <laughs> and and popular yeah. and, and and you know and that was like their motivation as well and there's even like a fake one about 
uh, Dewey being the killer, uh, and, and, and stuff which like is that. what scary movie essentially is a scary movie. It, it really did with it, yeah. Yeah. With <laughs> what is it? What do they say? Uh, Duffy or something? Uh, officer. Doofy. No, Doofy. Doofy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Officer yeah. uh, Doofy reported for duty. <laughs> <laughs> Mom told you to stop sticking your dick in the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah. Then there's the, then they have that whole they do the scene too of him with the vacuum. Oh my god! And then he's like, "Yeah, what is that smell? I just made a duty in my pants." Because <laughs> it, it's so it's making fun of uh, David Arquette's performance, which I can again like you know what it, it's so funny this being a situation where you've seen the parody before you've seen the original and watching yeah. the original now you're like. I get why they made yeah. Officer Doofy because, uh-huh. yeah, I, I, David For, Arquette just has this like kind of dumb guy energy to him. He's a simpleton, does. yeah. <laughs> uh, like a simpleton, like, yeah. That's Even the, like the best. Nice way to put <laughs> dumb guy energy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and even like the best friend, I feel like now, now like watching the second one, like the the best friend in this movie. Whoever does it, I forget her name in uh in scary movie is just a really good impression of like the best friend and everything. I, I don't know. It, yeah, oh my god. All those things kind of have are coming together for, for me a little bit. <laughs> what is her name? God, I just remember she's so funny. Yeah, the that, scary movie actress is, is uh, so funny. Elise Elise Neal, who plays Hallie in in, in uh, Scream 2. Oh, okay. oh yes, uh huh. The scary but movie no, actress Hal. is they so call funny. Her Hal or Hallie in Gotcha. Gotcha. Too, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Oh um, no, the, but that's, that's that girl. I was thinking of yeah, there's this one like the friend that's like making fun of her stereotype. You know what I mean? Like kind of there's um isn't there there's sorority girls. There's like Portia oh, Dealer. Yeah, Portia oh, Dealer. Sorority girls. De Rossi are, are is great. in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Uh, that that stereotype too, I think, where I think the line is hers that I like, I'm in love with this line when she goes to the party. You know, her friend Hallie drags her to the party and yeah. she's at the the party finally with the, the sorority girls, the Delta Lambdas. And uh what we, Jerry or we, Timothy bring martinis to them at a college oh, yeah. party? I was <laughs> yeah, I was flabbergasted. Party. I was yeah, like, wait a minute. <laughs> Who's, who's drinking martinis bar? Bar at this party? And then <laughs> like, what they, took uh, so long? Are, oh, I was fucking making martinis. That's what took so long. <laughs> I, have, I made I made a note of this one. 28, 38, uh, 20, 28 minutes, 38 seconds. Uh, the sorority girls walk up to uh, Nev Campbell Nev. and they go, hi. No, I really mean that. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> and it's right. such uh-huh. a great line. It's like, it's, such a, a brilliant like communication that the Delta Lambdas are like coming down to genuinely nice, but like so dumb. Uh huh. Oh my god, yeah. Hi. Because it's oh, I really mean that. Hi. I find there the and it it was so fun to me the dynamic there because Nev Campbell is the more popular person. So it isn't really a situation of like Nev Campbell wanting to be popular through the popular girls. The popular girls want to be her friend because it's advantageous to them because she's mm-hmm. like Nev Campbell seemingly is plastered on the news every yeah, day. Group like, in the movie that wants notoriety <laughs> that wants uh, mm-hmm. to be attached to like these current events that are garnering all this attention mm-hmm. uh, and people want it for social capital. They want to make money off of it. They want to have a legacy as like, you know, in the case of the killer to like be this this lasting like serial killer story like they all everybody wants totally. a piece of it 
or to avenge it. Like, yeah, the mom wants to wants revenge mm -hmm. and her interests lie in the same as Timothy Oliphant. And then like, yeah, dude, that was perfectly put because everyone is using the events of the past movie in a different yes. way. And most of them are trying to use it to their advantage in some way. Um, how convoluted as it might be, but in a, in a psychopath's mind, like Timothy Oliphant, Oliphant, it doesn't really have to make sense. It just has to, in, in his mind, it, it has to. And that's kind of, yeah. Banks on like the, the, the ideas of the, the first one and the killers in that one. And it has, yeah, it has the multiple killer thing as well. Um, but that mm -hmm. commentary definitely, definitely, goes even further about yeah just about why we make these movies in the first place and what kind of and like getting kicks off of like making a scary movie based on a true story because i definitely remember seeing yeah i mean it's not it's still being done today too but i just remember like going to movie theaters and yeah early 2000s and 90s for that matter where it moved past past the slasher thing and it really had become based on a true story and it was the uh -huh. Amityville horror. I don't know. There's a million movies. And then there was a based oh, on yeah. the original or something and everything too. Yeah, but recently with, uh, with Dahmer and with Bundy, mm -hmm. like their victims families are still alive. And when Netflix cashed in on both of those with the, their respective uh, biopics of, of each of those killers, it's like, there was the backlash of, mm -hmm. is this in poor taste? Is this, uh, yeah. Uh yeah, the answer is yes. It's yeah, just, the answer is 100%, 100%, 100%, yes. In, yeah, sensationalism. It's an story, yeah. but you're gonna prop. You're gonna profit off the telling of this story. And I mean, yeah, just yeah. put it. Put yourself in their shoes for two fucking seconds and realize, like, if your family member got murdered by somebody, would you want everybody to go around being like, "Isn't this, you know, isn't this killer so, you know, interesting?" And you know, yeah, again, sensationalizing has, that person. Has anyone here watched Barry? I have not. Okay. I've heard it's good. Highly I've seen a couple episodes and it was very good, but I, there's so much to watch. It's yeah, there's so much out there. If you get the chance, it's three seasons. I think they're each 10 episodes each. And the ending deals a lot with what we're talking about in a very interesting way about how we yeah, tell the stories that we want to hear, even if they're not necessarily the truth. And that's a slippery, slippery slope. When you say based on a true story, it could just a lot of those horror movies, I'm sure just like a, a headline and then they just took it and, and ran with it in, in whatever sort of um direction that's what and, courtney cox does to bring it back right is like yeah. her whole her whole bit is you know making these um making these books she's mm -hmm. pr always promoting a book it, you know about some murderer because like the uh, cameraman yeah. was like she said he got gutted or something it was like well actually he got stabbed in the back but that sounded better or he got, in, he in he got his book. throat slit the throat slit right yeah it wasn't yeah. fully yeah accurate and accurate and true and and even those finer details she's she's fucking with them um, how do we feel about courtney in general in this movie again annoying I, good i like i we, like her yeah i thought she was well handled and i thought the the that she acted the part well mm. i think she's just a lot right it's in in her whole character is really such a huge pain in the ass and so and yeah. kind of unscrupulous as well, well um but I, this was the 90s and her character is not monica from friends which just does speak to the fact that somebody who had such a prolific like mm -hmm. really uh prominent figure in pop culture at the time you're yeah you're one of the one, most well-known tv show yeah. on the planet in both yeah. movies <laughs> in screen one and two i'm not like watching and going like well this is just monica from friends mm. it's a distinct character 
I would argue the opposite in a lot in more ways than one because yeah, yeah. Monica from Friends is just is, is so much more in her own head, um, unsure of herself, yeah, uh, has different. all of the all of these things and then you know um gail what is it gail weathers, mm-hmm. what gail weathers. yeah um she's more like her ace ventura character yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah she, i mean god she is like the you know i'm sure the the very very confident person within courtney you know the that character she's pulling out is like what is the hyper confident version of myself because man she just like dresses down the cameraman every chance she gets <laughs> you know yeah. there's a lot of time that he, she's just like you're a fucking idiot you're <laughs> you're overweight you need to you need to just pay attention you need to get your shit together just and the way yeah. she talks to uh to debbie salt who later turns out to be uh mrs loomis mm-hmm. uh-huh. she's um uh, the way she talks to her in, when she first hits the screen. Yeah, she's like, she's, uh, Debbie Saltz is trying to like flatter her to like get a scoop from her. And uh-huh, Gail yeah. turns it right around on her and it's like, your flattery is predictable. Like, you're not the reporter you think you are. Like, get out of my face. And you're just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, her her art kind of resonates in a way where the, yeah, the movie has a, a little bit to, you know, a little bit to say about some of that <laughs> stuff. And, uh, a little bit is a little bit to say you know and i think they yeah they definitely use gail weathers for that purpose where she's by the end you know chastising the reporters for being like you know you were hurting people here when she in herself is probably the worst example of you know or the worst best ever example of of being a prior perpetrating that and then by the Mm -hmm. end she's kind of changed her tune a bit so i guess that the movie you know, does use her as the media in the same way that like a character that I don't know, I'm a little, I'm a little unsure about just Dewey's involvement in this movie, but they do use him kind of like as the law, you know, even though that his, the guy who, who plays the sheriff or whatever is his father, another Arquette. Um, the bald dude is like, is actually David Arquette's father, which I thought is, is pretty funny, but like bringing him in. And then like, even when they cut to him, he's just like, all of a sudden at the university and he's just like, how did I get here? There's no, how well, how could, did I get here? He's, oh, because he's, re- he's really concerned. And I think that is the, and that right there is what is successful about Dewey to me is that even though he really by and large comes off as a doofus, he is, has a heart of gold and like he's there on campus because he has heard about the, mm-hmm. um, the murder that happened that was so similar and wanted to make sure Nev was okay. So he goes yeah. to the college to make sure she's okay because he cares about his friends, um, especially people he's gone through the first movie with. So that's fine. I, I just wanted to be more in like a rogue capacity. If it's going to be that, like at the end of that scene where he's like, he's like, I'm in touch with the local sheriff and we're going to figure this out. I'm like, what? Why would they what? give a fuck about you coming into town and being like, I'm going to solve your case. It would be like, get the fuck out of here and go home. I want I want him to be like, no, right. I'm like doing shit behind the scenes that I shouldn't be doing to try to solve this mystery. But yeah, whatever. I just think like they put them together. They got good chemistry. That's that's fine and good. But some of their stuff was was like not as interesting as the rest of the movie, you know, besides their chemistry. They're good together, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. As I think about it more, I just also find it really like it's such an interesting choice 
seemingly that a David is making where there is this, he allows for a character arc to happen of him growing in confidence, him overcoming, mm-hmm. you know, his like unsuredness because there's also too like really, I don't know the relationship stuff with him and Gail is also, I think really works for me oddly. Cause it I just, like it, it, yeah, it, like it, it can come off as super cheesy, but for some reason it just like, you know what it Once is. It's fine. It's just there's like chemistry the is incredible. Doesn't. Yeah. The reason he's there just doesn't work as well for me, but once you're in it, yeah, I guess it's, it's okay. <laughs> no, I get what you mean though, because he, he, like I imagine too, is that he is going to the local like police and acting so like um, sheepish or so like uh, (laughs) unsure that people would be like, what? (laughs) No, (laughs) get out of here. No, No, he's immediately in all those meetings and he's like (laughs) calling all the shots a little bit. Sometimes he's like saying (laughs) these lines of just like. And and like when yeah when and he's in the police station or like the hospital or whatever and, and he's just a a, a part it, a part of everything already. But it's a fun cast of characters. The cast of characters are great. They cast it well. It's an it's an ensemble thing for for the most part. And I yeah I think everyone has their part to play. And Jamie Kennedy as as well. You know. How did we feel about leave? Uh, not leave. Oh, well, I want to get to leave in a bit. But first, I the performance by jerry o'connell <laughs> during lunch or whatever that was out of nowhere that, that came out of left field i don't think i like that one bit i was confused <laughs> I'm, well, here, I'm trying here's a i think that there's a the reason that scenes in the movie because that yeah it is kind of jarring and like you're just like what am i watching right now this sucks. went from like this went from yeah. a horror movie to like a teen comedy like mm-hmm. and it's uh he's referencing top gun top yeah. gun yeah so he's referencing top gun in that scene and i think the point is that so much of this movie the sequel is about uh whether or not movies like imitate life or life imitates the movies Mm -hmm. and so it's like all these killers are like imitating the movies to like uh in mickey's case it's to you know spoiler for a movie that came out in 1997 mickey's the killer uh it's uh, only one or two though uh but he uh He's doing it because he like wants to get to the trial and he he's like uh, wants to make this whole point about like, I did it because the movies made me do it. Mm-hmm. And that's like his goal uh, is to be that serial killer in history. And yeah. then Derek goes the other direction, like when he wants to imitate movies, like he imitates a scene from Top Gun because he maybe doesn't know how to express himself to Sydney. He knows that they're kind of having a, a wow and he can't figure out like, I don't know, totally. I'm not a good I don't I don't word so good. I'm just big and pretty and safe. And he goes with, let me just reenact this scene from Top Gun, because like I don't know how to be romantic, but like I can take a page out of this movie mm-hmm. and do romance that way in the same way that people who do violence will say, well, I don't really know what I'm doing here, so maybe I'll just imitate movies. But that doesn't make mean it, that the movies were at fault, because like, was that not a romantic thing of Derek to do just because he like got it from a movie? And like, mm-hmm. uh, so that I think it's it's all part of that same milieu of like, did the movies make the killers kill? It's like, well, no, but you know, people are only so creative. So they're going to imitate art in their everyday lives in uh, real life where the movie takes place. Derek is imitating the movies. And so is Mickey. And they definitely want to mess around as much as possible. Yeah. Very well said as possible with the boyfriend character. I feel like they're constantly tugging back and forth Mm -hmm. with, with him 
Um, and yeah, maybe to your, your point too, it's, you know, if this guy is so inspired by movies, you know, maybe he'll, he'll do something other, something else that'd be more heinous in, in the cause. Yeah. Right. If he's going to sing a song in the middle, maybe he's going to do something else too. But the way that that's a good point. The way that they yeah, played I with his character, I thought, yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but that, that was, I don't know. In the moment I was like, what is going, what am I watching? <laughs> but he yeah, does say, he's like, you know, from Top Gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody liked it, which I don't I know. Just, like I just wanted danger zone. Somebody, Give me danger somebody, zone. If somebody did that in Randy real life and I was there, I think I would, I would be like, yeah, man, cool. Yeah, this is fun. You know, we're, we're, it doing had it. flash mob energy to me, especially people clapping at the end. They're like, wow, that was, <laughs> oh, I didn't expect that. Well, I mean, have That's, you seen, I'm sure we've all seen the video clips from like TikTok or whatever, where like somebody will film a kid, like trying to like do the thing and like talk to the whole class and everyone's like, shut up, sit down. Like oh, you think you're the main character, but like we're not, we're not picking up on this it's just main character energy. Right. Like when people try to do that kind of thing in real life and it's, it's just very cringe. And it's, I feel like it was cringe in the movie, but I, I liked it. it was, That's it was Oh, that is such an interesting thing to think about. Cause I know what you mean, because it, they also make fun of it too. Like in not another teen movie where there's this whole bit about doing the slow clap. And this guy doesn't know when the right, appropriate oh, so time to do, to do the slow clap is. And yeah, right. there's, you know, and, and there's also a character, not another teen movie that is like the plays ducky essentially from uh, what is it? 16 candles or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and and they even do He's, the whole uh, 10 things I hate you about know, he, you with uh, Jeannie's got a gun. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and that too. <laughs> yeah. So just, you know, I can understand that somebody who is like really over dramatic feeling like that's the best, you know, that's always the go-to for self-expression is to make such a spectacle of how they feel about something. And that can be very cringe for sure. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know. There is something where as I guess also too, you know, it's just weirdly because of, how, you know, Jerry O'Connell being such a good looking guy. Like he's not, you know, he's not, he is the main character. So he's not putting on, you know, this fake main character energy. He's doing that. But one thing I just quickly want to mention too, is that, that made me, that I thought of because of Aaron, your description of the um, Jerry O'Connell expressing himself through movies because that's you know like helping him do that is that also added to for me throughout the movie i wasn't sure if jerry o'connell was not the killer Mm -hmm. so i like really up until like in it's such a uh you know kudos to the movie because to the very end i was like it's probably fucking jerry (laughs) o'connell it's probably that Mm -hmm. fucking son of a bitch yeah he's you know because he's just he is kind of like got this a little bit because maybe I'm sorry, Jerry. And, you know, James, you said that car worked with him and he's a great guy. But like he does kind of have like something underneath yeah, that makes where good you're like, oh, maybe he's like yeah, a, yeah. he's like a very a bad guy. Those are my favorite know? actors. I love that when there's oh, there's something a little off too. like he's mm. almost smiling too much. Like he's almost too right. happy or, or whatever. And yeah, like I said earlier, I think with the first movie, the boyfriend being the killer they yeah. re- I, they played it really well where it really is, well that's a hard thing to to make you keep guessing the whole time but then also right when you right when i did start to suspect when he gets when he runs in after the after ghost face 
um, and then gets stabbed behind the closed door. You don't see it happen. And then they go to check on him and he has been stabbed. And he's the got arm. the arm cut. And you're yeah, already thinking, you're like, right. I didn't no. see that happen. Like he could have fucking done that himself. Like he could have, mm-hmm. you know, especially the guy get, a, the guy get away. And then what do they do? They immediately sit him down and question him and fucking Dewey. This is where Dewey's there too. He's like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. question. He's like, what is Dewey doing here? Um, but oh, yeah, that was they the question him. Was like, and I love that. Was, I was like, oh, the- I was thinking the same thing. What the fuck? One. Yeah. Why would Dewey be in the room while the police are questioning? <laughs> uh, two. Cause the he's thing the that, expert. But even beyond that, the thing that like bothered me about that scene, like actually bothered me was like Dewey immediately, as soon as he is suspicious, he like lets Derek know, like, I am suspicious. I will be watching you. I do not trust exactly. you. And I'm like, that's the last thing you want to do if you're trying to catch the guy in a line. Like, what is <laughs> You better be extra careful <laughs> with what you do because I'm always going to be I was watching. Like, I was like, two strikes, man. That's, that's- yeah. <laughs> Three and you're out at this old ball game. <laughs> that, that scene was not not the best for a couple reasons. I was like, this is just kind of bad writing. I see why what you mean there. The but I am. Why would you just like. I'm glad that it yeah, exists like them, that. them like already picking up the, the, the whiff of him being a suspect because you as the viewer also are feeling that. And for them to at least call it out, that didn't go by the wayside. It was like, Oh, they're already addressing it. I felt really satisfied. I'm like, Oh, they're addressing it. Cool. So everybody in the movie is kind of onto it as well, but then it makes you even overthink too. And they're like, well, if everyone's onto it, then there's no way that he's actually the killer. So you're always and even, no. yeah, to the point where yeah. he got dropped down and you still had all the cuts over him and stuff. stuff. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he put himself up there. <laughs> right. And you know what? I oddly was not thinking all of font barely at all throughout it. And then it comes out of yeah. nowhere and I'm like, fuck, you're right. It's totally all of <laughs> that voyeuristic <laughs> fuck with his video camera. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know. Yeah. They could have laid the, yeah. laid the line a little bit more on that one. But then also, how do you do that without being so obvious? But I don't know. I'm, I'm right. overall satisfied. I think the reveal in the in the final portion of it left a little bit to be desired. I, I think, but that's I don't know. Maybe more of a, a person. The thing. radicalization of of Oliphant was interesting. Agreed. It was a lot. It was a lot of exposition. Reason, I liked like reason. coming out like very very quickly of like this is why Oliphant did it. This is what I you know all of the you know just really like bang 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 bang. Let me tell you about you know the last mm-hmm. you know year or so and how and longer than that essentially because my understanding and correct me if i'm wrong but the mother of the killer in one that loomis so she's just so she's just always been crazy and that's what drove her son to be crazy and then she reminded me what happened with uh with nev's mom and why loomis killed her yeah i I got you i can feel that gotcha yeah i got Um, that too yeah good for what happened is uh Nev's mom was like to, to to put it lightly, she she was a homewrecker. She and Had she an definitely affair, yeah. was uh having a lot of affairs, having gotcha. multiple affairs. Uh so that's part of why like Nev like doesn't want to confront a lot of what's going on around her mom's death because it's it's definitely dicey circumstances because her mom's kind of at fault. Yeah. We know that uh yeah and billy even brings up in the first movie that like you know hey my mom left you should just get over it and she's like my mom died like was murdered your mom just ran like left like ran off but what happened was uh it was nev's mom was having an affair with billy loomis's dad right okay and that's, that's what, what I thought. caused billy loomis's mom to leave and run mm-hmm. away gotcha and 
that's why Billy wanted to kill and implicate Nev and Nev's dad mm-hmm. uh, because he was like upset that his that his mom. That's why he killed Nev's mom. So gotcha. it, it was Billy Loomis that killed uh, Nev Campbell's mom before the events of the first movie, and then he started the whole thing because he had been set on this path. And and, and they blamed uh, Leave Leave for that. Yes, because yeah, blamed, and it, because to his point, an affair with with her at the time she was murdered by Billy. She was no longer having an affair with Billy's dad. She was now having an affair with Cotton Weary, played by Lee Schreiber. Oh, and yeah. okay. so that's why that's how he got involved. And then Lee Schreiber was convicted of her murder. Yeah. Of her you know what's murder. Gotcha. But he was like, no, no, all I did was was have an affair with her. I didn't kill her. You know, what's I so funny, James, in this movie. Uh, is uh, leave in the third one ends up becoming a like kind of like a crossfire tv show host cool and and the name of his show is called 100 percent cotton 100 percent what <laughs> cotton cotton oh wow <laughs> yeah. that does not roll off the tongue <laughs> it's like a, it's like a no holds barred like it should be know? it should be cotton on and then they just pick the topic of the day right sure cotton on but, this yeah. cotton on that I don't know. That's a good. That's way better. Thanks. That's so much better. <laughs> they should have hired you. Yeah. Yeah. I just I love his. There's something with his voice that's I don't know what character from The Simpsons, but it sounds like some like background character from The Simpsons or something. He just has a very low voice and is very like enunciates really well and almost seems like he would be good for uh, broadcast kind of got, <laughs> news. Yeah. Right. Oh, for sure. And he, but he's also got this kind of like. Um, how do, how do you say it like neuroticism to him too which i haven't really seen in leave because i'm more familiar with leave as like more older man leave yeah yeah and he's so just like a stone pillar you know like he's so looks like he could be 52 in this he could be um, <laughs> he's know, probably he 28 but he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's but you know what kudos to him he's kind of just yeah he's kept that look for such a long time um yeah, so the, I don't know. This I really I just a call out I'm making that I really enjoyed is how much lighter Leave seemed, you know, in this because I just never experienced that with him before this. The performances it really hinges on some of these performances, how the movie plays. Your suspicion relies on how they perform these lines, and it is I think it is overall a well well constructed script even though it had to make a lot of changes in the end that whole the the idea of it is is there and everything but i think leave does just such a good good job of of conveying a sense of unease to the people around him in like kind of his he's got like doll's eyes like a a shock size like doll's eyes yeah yeah, he like doesn't blink and and so i don't know he just in the stature he, he seems very like stiff but uh, his voice is smooth and and charismatic, but then it's something's kind of off. Oh, uh, smooth! Yeah, man. He's, he's, a, he's like a he's like a coiled spring. Like when he's uh when he's Ray Donovan or Sabretooth, he's like mm, this languid, relaxed, like in control, calm guy who's just got this violence right beneath the surface that could just oh erupt. that just erupts totally. so hard and fast, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yes, yeah, because he cuts a tall figure too. Like he's a pretty yeah. imposing guy. He's a good choice for Cotton because you can like feel that like violence beneath the surface on this yeah. guy. But then he yeah, he not be the bad guy, and you're like, ah, okay. Man, they brought him back it, in a it, cool way, and his motivation is interesting too. Where he 
he is vain. Like he wants like his 15 minutes of fame. It's as weird. Well. Yeah. It's such an yeah. interesting <laughs> motivation like, for him. Another character who's they, the thing they want out of this is like, he wants his due. Cause he spent yeah. a year in prison for, for not the crime he didn't commit. And mm-hmm. he like, is like, so what I can get out of this is I can, now I can actually make my money, get my fame, get my 15 minutes. Can't it's tell a weird story, but it'll make a hell of a movie someday. Is it weird? But I, if in my notes, I put like a year in jail isn't. It, it seems short for how much for what he did. Like, <laughs> no, just but like how much animosity and like how much drive to change the narrative of about how the public feels about him and the extent he's. Yeah, it's been one. It, uh, okay, I just it kind of seems weird because I'm like, they're if I was in jail for a year, too. I would I would probably beg to differ, guys. If I was in jail for a year, I'd be like, it was a long fucking time. <laughs> and I, mean, I, I on a two month deployment on a carrier, which is a lot like being on in jail. <laughs> okay, because uh, it's the same. It's the same every day. You yeah. uh, you just eat the food in the galley that they serve you. Uh, you you work out and you do whatever your your role is on the ship, and you just repeat 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 trade like, cigarettes so it's it's very yeah you're you're you trade cigarettes for for butt sex it's very much uh <laughs> it's you're the, you're an ep <laughs> it kind of rhymes in a, in a funny way. cigarettes for butt sex <laughs> no that's that's not how it is in the navy i'm kidding the, the butt sex and the cigarettes are separate economies so, uh, <laughs> And inflation's affecting one of them. Uh, You You guess (laughs) which one inflation's affecting the hardest. Um, Oh, this movie. Great. We we didn't talk about uh, Jamie Kennedy all before we start getting into the end of this. Jamie Kennedy, is there anything? Anything we want to say about that? My little research of uh, of just like any anything people feel about this movie and, and articles online and everything, it seems like there is uh, a, a group of people that are sad that he that were really sad about him him uh, dying and wish that not, he like yeah. stuck around and he would have been an interesting addition in some of these later movies. Um, even the one the five the second to most recent one, there essentially is a character that is him that is like very aware of uh of all the movies the stab movies and by that time that movie comes out there's like multiple stab movies and she like can regale all the all the details about it and there's a scene in both this one and that one that i think is kind of the roughest part for for me in in some ways where jamie kennedy's like sitting down with is it with dewey i forget and he's just kind of like laying yeah, out like this is what happens in sequels and this is what you gotta rule one and this they is almost like look go, out go search him out essentially like as yeah, a what do you know? like a liaison <laughs> like a expert in <laughs> the like we're actually in a movie rules of a movie <laughs> yeah. uh yeah. character Mm-hmm. So that's where this mo- these kind of movies lose me are just those scenes like when those scenes yeah. happen they got to sit down at the table and lay that lay out like you're in a movie right now and this is what you got to do and they start laying out like I agree. oh like uh attri- or um like attributes and and uh archetypes for everybody like oh well the geek should get the girl that shit i was just like yeah like mm. you just you're you're labeling yourself and then you're labeling like the archetypes like and it's it's a clue movie or or you know and i like the mis- murder mystery aspect of these movies but and the slasher and everything too but that stuff goes a little too close to home because it is that havoc it's cake and eat it too where 
If that yeah. was done in a language that was more fun and campy or, or silly, maybe, but they treat it very seriously. Like the geek gets the girl and it's like, so people sad, are like dying. intense music right. and it's, it's like, well, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't hit me as hard. And it's like, uh, you were shot. Like you, you got shot with a bullet, like in your, in your chest yeah. in the last movie. <laughs> this is not a laughing matter. This is real or, shit. I yeah. think this is not, uh, yeah, we think you would not treat this so flippantly. Yeah. But you know, I, so I, him f- as an actor is fine. And I do really, I like He's the sequ- I like the sequel scene a lot where they're sitting in the classroom. And you said that's Kevin Williamson as the teacher is. Maybe. I, uh, no, I, I haven't I think, been able I think to. You're right. Um, I, but I, I yeah. like the sequel talk because that's a conversation that you and I have had, Brandon, in the past, too. Maybe even on this podcast about like, oh, Alien 1 or Alien 2. Oh, Terminator 1 or Terminator 2. Oh, you're big James Cameron guy. Like, I feel like we've we've had that same same yeah. discussion and and um, those movies were even more recent. At, I love the how it took out, them a but, while to get to Empire Strikes Back being a, yeah. a sequel that's better. I was like, that's the first one, right? Like, isn't that? That's the go-to. He's like, oh, it's a trilogy. It's all one thing. It doesn't count. Which Which I was like. He he made New Hope, and he didn't know there was going to be more, right? He just thought it was going to be a single thing. I I looked it up with the the teacher is actually uh, Craig Shoemaker. Okay. Is the the film class teacher. Kevin Williamson is the person who's interviewing Cotton Weary in the first time he's getting interviewed. Gotcha. Uh, That's Kevin Williamson interviewing him. I knew he was in there. And yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, um, I that's that's the kind of stuff that doesn't take me completely out of the movie. That's still no. a, a fun thing to to yeah. go back and forth on. He's like, yeah, Ewoks suck. And it's like, yeah, that's that is something that everybody says about Return of the everybody Jedi. So, it, yeah. so it's it's funny to see it just uh, just mimicked in, in that way. Um, yeah. And then I, I, I don't know, like the I just thought it was the funniest thing that like the play that because she, she's Nev Campbell wants to be an act, actor and the play that they have her do is just the funniest thing like this we're gonna have her this person who's like yeah her most carnal trauma that she's ever experienced that's been such so popularized that there's a movie about it we're gonna put her in a play where she stands in the middle and people just stab her yeah. there's like agamemnon yeah. or whatever was the play I just yeah it's like yeah it was hilarious like, to me that's like, like yeah. who it's thought like this was gonna end? and they'll look at yeah. her like what's wrong with you like when she has a fucking panic attack but don't doesn't she have like a like a heart to heart with the director though and the uh-huh. director's like you know what if you're not okay with this and that's okay and you cannot do this which is like okay yeah, you're right. Like this Nev, why did you responsible me as as a teacher to do? Yeah, but Nev, what are you? Yeah, I don't know. Why are you going for that? That was the uh, uh Billy, like Oklahoma. Billy Zane's. Like maybe do a softball before you just jump into the deep end with a fucking <laughs> your dark acting. dramatic play. <laughs> yeah. Some king and I, I or some shit. Yeah, uh, I know, do something. I was trying to place that guy. I think it's the Billy Zane's like number two in uh, Titanic. The guy that's like locks Jack up and stuff and guards him. And yeah. Oh yeah. Is, oh right? yeah. yeah. Isn't it that guy? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah l- l- puts the yeah puts the cuffs on Leo and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, and then like that. I don't know. I guess if we just like I'm just thinking about like the ending of this movie. Uh, there's something about. Would you guys think about like it ending on a stage and her like having to chop like ropes of things to like drop stuff on Loma Loomis's uh, mom and stuff like what I don't know there's something about that was just like this is kind of 
schlocky and silly and in like not the best way i know a lot of this movie is fun in that way but like when he's like just picturing him in the background like shining a light like the spotlight on very purposeful <laughs> spots for her and then dropping walls so she can't get past certain things is just like uh-huh. kind of silly <laughs> and then she has oh to, my God. she has to knock things down and then those things were like they put stone sound effects on those blocks when you can very much tell their phone their phone they, yeah but they put these like stone hard sound effects like, when it wait, landed on did her. the theater text like have to have to haul in a truckload of like 40 pound blocks to, to build this set yeah I, was like, I don't think the stage can support that much weight no they <laughs> this- they also had to redesign the whole set to have a support beam that could handle that yeah <laughs> uh, yeah there's there something about that was a little hokey but and it all just took place on that one one spot. But Oliphant's performance was good. I like the Loomis Lomas, whatever her his mom was kind of like a Friday the thirteenth sort of uh pull. I, I feel like having like the the mom very protective of the of the son For sure. and, and trying to take vengeance mm-hmm. is essentially the first Friday the thirteenth. Um or psycho. Or first and second, right? Uh uh or psych yeah, or, well spoilers for psycho <laughs> oh shit no, not actually his mom oh, oh right <laughs> yes it's but i mean yeah. probably uh bates motel it's, right right yeah it's like the <laughs> the idea of the yeah the effect that a mother the vengeful yeah oh yeah totally yeah same thing um yeah i don't know a little bit a little bit and then i reading about the script coming out and then having to make changes makes a lot of sense as to why that didn't read the best but overall i thought for a sequel to do this to do the same thing as the first one and and do it better or different in a way they applied the framework for scream one to the sequel meta commentary in a way that was successful overall and and i enjoyed a lot of uh those parts of it but then yeah like brandon you put really well earlier where you know, they end up falling into the foibles of some other slasher horror movies where uh, it gets a little um, stereotypical at at the end of the face off. I was looking at some of my notes before we go into reviews. Uh, That Nick Cave song was red. Red 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 right hand. Red right hand. So good. Yeah, that song. Angelo tried to start this movie, too. It's in every movie. That was cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love love a D'Angelo um i also thought it was really weird psycho shower are- shot they got the they got that psycho shower shot speaking of psycho where um heather oh, turns and the shower on and then that's like the classic where it's the nozzle and it's it's facing like up towards the nozzle like that's the the psycho shot that is very very famous and that was cool i thought which did this yeah these movies take a big page out of psycho's book and that one, I don't know, just watching it again recently, it's crazy. Just Janet Lee just gets fucking murked halfway through that movie and they have to completely change, <laughs> re refix the structure of the story to to different characters. I, it's such a such an amazing movie. Um people watching movie with a mask. That crowd was crazy. I mean, they that was Dude, I, it just made me movie. so I don't know. Them it just made me so like envious or jealous of the movie going experience in a particular like for a very long period of time in in human history because it just doesn't happen anymore um but to go to a a midnight show you know 
like a midnight or a late, yeah, like a, a release, like a Friday, Friday night, seven o'clock, eight o'clock showing of a, you know, of a movie that everybody has been anticipating because it's got all the hottest stars and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just we kind of missed then, that. We, we were all a little bit too young for that. I remember like the last yeah. one that I can recall was Harry Potter. I was just opening. thinking all the Harry Potter midnight showings mm-hmm. were big deals. So, yeah. yeah, I was yeah. I was too young to have Lord of the Rings. That, that scene like in the 90s of like big blockbuster releases having like events at theaters yeah right where everybody's hooting and hollering Mm -hmm. my god that whole theater was just rapturous and everybody just fucking you know shooting the shit really loud getting ready just and then when the movie's going everybody's like in it being like you know just like so reactionary to it it's just really god man it's how can you not look at that and be like god i want to be in that theater that looks like so much fun yeah, yeah. It cha- definitely changes the experience. Even a movie you've seen a million times before. I'm even thinking like when I saw Goldfinger in in theaters, like just uh, like uh, they're playing some Bond movies in a small Bond movies in a theater near That's me, so and I saw cool. Goldfinger, and, <laughs> That's so and it was just cool. yeah, the reactions and the and the laughter. Maybe it's a little different. Like now nowadays, they're laughing not with certain things, but at at certain other things. But then the effects of 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 uh, the movie are s- still hit home. And I actually just Almo Draft what's House. The, what's, oh, has, what would be uh, the funny parts of that? Well, I'm trying to think of what some of the pussy galore make. stuff. You know, like yeah, just saying thinking, fucking yeah. pussy galore. How she like she, make, yeah, she kind of makes the turn to like bed him, even though he's just been kind of an a hole the whole time. To just her. sort of assaults her in the stable. The stable yeah, scene. That, stable that scene. was that yeah, was a different thing where you can you can yeah. sense how uncomfortable and people almost like uh like if any, there any is any laughter, it's uncomfortable of kind of just like yeah, hell yeah, what is that was on a different time, huh? Um, but then there's, yeah, just a different reading of it. And then you gain a new appreciation, appreciation Ooh, for it. The beginning it. of that I movie just, must've uh, been funny. Like the, uh, the, cause that has the car eject stuff with all the, um, like that warehouse he goes to in the beginning of the movie too. Right. He like does the bomb and, uh, yeah, it's the car's got a bunch of different gadgets, but he also can shoot, shoot somebody out of the well. The golf, the I mean, there's scene. a whole fucking half. I don't know, f- fifteen minutes of golf. It's not a half hour. <laughs> it, it feels in the, like in the in the book. <laughs> I read the book as well. And fucking, there's a lot of golf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, maybe thinking of that. But I love the golf. It's scene. your honor. It's your honor. <laughs> Sla- <laughs> Slash and your seven. Your seven. I have a Slossinger shirt. I wore it to our the James Bonding episode we went to. James, I still have a fuck yeah a Slo- Slossinger shirt. shirt. <laughs> Slossinger shirt. Uh, but that reminded me, I I picked up tickets to Alamo Drafthouse is doing this thing called a it's like a movie party I think they call it, and uh, they're playing the Mummy coming up here soon. And I picked snagged some tickets. Uh, and, and it, it cool. specifically says like part of my purchase of the ticket includes props that they're gonna give oh, me. Yeah. And it's encouraged to like hoot and holler and make noise and have fun. And there's like special hot so cocktails they're going to have. And like, I love that movie too. I'm so excited. It's going to, it's going to be a lot oh. of fun. Cause I remember, yeah, as a, as a wee boy, I saw that like on my birthday as like a nine year old, I think I was and at universal studios. Uh, and I saw all the props before I walked into the movie. It's a, it's a magical old movie that, that whole, uh, God, those scarabs are so scary. Yeah. Big time. They look like shit now because of the CGI, but man, <laughs> they were so scary. Yeah. They, yeah, there's some, that's the iffiest part is when the scarabs, yeah, I'll eat, eat that Get guy. Get out of people's skin. Yeah. But the idea is still there. Anyways, 
Um, yeah, seeing if there's any other, uh, the hieroglyphics in the bathroom was interesting. <laughs> I don't know why, but, uh, there's caller ID now the Freddy, there's a Freddy sweater in like the dorm in the background. It was like very much a uh, Freddy, Freddy Krueger sweater. Um, I have a note here for me that I, there's a part Luke Wilson is in the stab movie. I can't remember yeah. who he's Love playing. That. He's but playing man, Billy, Billy Lomas. Billy yeah. Lomas oh, yeah. He's playing Billy Lomas. Okay. He's given proto Timothy Chalamet for me. <laughs> I just hit that performance was so just like kind of has this like surfer dude, California <laughs> undertone to it, but has this whole like, oh man. Like really like trying to sell to the, you know, to the rafters, but like not only is it the most heightened, but it's also the most like sedated. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so yeah, crazy. It's like it's a deeply <laughs> problematic soft boy. Yeah, right, right. Really like going for a specific thing, but a muted thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like so muted, like on heroin level. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Like a, the... just a long load. Yeah, that's when the movie like really works for me. That I think that scene's so funny, and the meta stuff just is, is hilarious. And the whole idea of a stab movie in this, I think, just works. Like yeah. that whole concept. Stab's a good really title good. for, for them. Too. Intru- yeah, and the yeah. Stab, the title itself, I think. There's so much great. stabbing in this movie. And there's then a, I, there's a there's a Matthew Lillard cameo. I think was one yeah. of the notes I made. He's in like the background really? of the party. In the party. In the party. Scene Whoa! Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Almost like out of focus, essentially, and just like really background. Yeah, he's like he's focused. a vision like, I, in the first one. He's so yeah. good. Yeah, he's I, such a good part of that movie. It's watching that movie, possibly again, his best like, role. I think I was he's, thinking he's so to good. myself, I was like, was there a point in time when Matthew Lillard would have been considered hot? Yeah, for, yeah. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Nineties, like because he's like hundred percent total sleaze, and he's like really all over his his girlfriend, and I'm just like, and and. Like it's but in like a stonery like, kind of way, not like in a sexy shaggy, like an yeah. overly aggressive or like a Midwest, like drunken college frat boy, you know, quarterback guy. He's like got right. this like uh stoner California thing to him where he wants yeah. to have sex, but he's like and he is kind of aggressive about it, but he's not like she seems mean, into it. Mean aggressive. He seems yeah. sleazy. He, yeah, he definitely seems like a, a majority of what he cares about is having sex. Yeah, for sure. right. I think he's yeah. aged extremely well too. Like seeing, I in agree. Like later, later Let's roles as have like, a moment in like Descendants and like even <laughs> he looks using, great using the most recent Twin Peaks. And I thought he was he was uh, mm-hmm. like the Return or whatever. And yeah, um, yeah, I think I think he's even possibly more attractive now. Oh my God, he's aged, aged like a fine wine. <laughs> yeah, he really has. um and i yeah i'm somebody that has has a hard time with him his best looks are in hackers if anybody wants to keep Mm, a keep a crazy matthew lillard we should all be Uh, uh, different matthew lillards for halloween that would be fun okay so what would we be okay i might do shaggy Um, you're gonna do shaggy i do ghost face well that's not that's cheating (laughs) wait a minute oh wait that's cheating (laughs) uh, i'm gonna be this mask (laughs) drink guy how does that count i'm matthew lillard yeah (laughs) you're gonna be that guy who's ghost face but walking around being like no i'm matthew lillard none of you guys get it all these other ghost faces are just the other one they're they're the lomases i'm lillard (laughs) and then it's just in like a, a like a romantic movie and then it's just you know Aaron on the couch, he's got the mask off, and then this chick sits down and he's like, 
there's man. a move that, and she's that like are you does. matthew lillard and he's like <laughs> you were the first person who noticed <laughs> i'm nev <laughs> most people say ghostface but yes i am matthew lillard <laughs> there's this move that uh the, that he starts doing in the first movie and he keeps doing it through the subsequent movies and like something about it is so chilling like he gets blood all over the knife from yes stabbing, i know exactly what you're talking about and then he takes the 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 glove Whoa! and he wipes the blood off <laughs> What the fuck? Uh, Wait, this is not even so. So Aaron just revealed that he has a actual knife. So he is demonstrating on a knife. I just have a giant knife in my lap. I got it off. Yeah. I, I got up a while back and I got it off my uh, like shadow <laughs> box in my room. And oh, it's like uh, a Prince of Persia knife. It is. It's kind of like yeah. It was a it was a souvenir gift from uh, like, somebody who went like to Jordan sh- and it's got this like, like a horse head, uh, horse head like short curved knife. Souvenir gift from uh, what? Sorry, scimitar dagger from Jordan. Oh, cool! Wow. And yeah, like Matthew he does this thing where yeah, from the country. Uh, and he, he puts the his whole hand, country his gave you that as a gift, and he he wipes it off like that. Yes. Oh, no, I got it from a, a friend in the Coast Guard. <laughs> oh God! You know what? We watched again. We watched that Scream Five movie, like the reboot. It's just Let's called Scream. About, yeah, and he does the same, the same thing. thing. Yeah, it's a great move. It's, it's really it's killing, a, and and he's getting blood on his on his gloves. But it's almost it's that that's the thing about Ghostface is like. He's hiding his identity, but he's not trying to like not leave evidence. He's just no, like, yeah, totally right. Like no one, yeah. And I love that. Yeah, there's like trademarks that are trademarks in the movie, but then also Thank like God, it's in a different layer where people movie. have seen the stab movies and they like have taken it from the stab movie rather than the screen movie. Oh, there's I mean, there's just a bunch of stuff like that. And then yeah, like the Nick Cave song is in like all of them too. It's interesting when. This is just mm-hmm. an interesting franchise. It's in, and like all the trademarks of it are, are uh, fascinating. Uh, and awesome by yeah. and large. Like really, mm-hmm. again, yeah. I cannot stress enough that I happily consumed in a short period of time, all three scream movies and then just watched the scream five with James. And yeah, scream five is awful, but like that yeah. there is some, Sounds there right. is some, it, okay. We, that's another podcast. There's definitely um, <laughs> awful things about it for sure. But you're right. Some of the violence in it, I thought was really like, to your point that you were just talking about was pretty like on brand for the, like it, if anything, that was, even though there are stereotypical things for the franchise that happened in that movie, the actual successful stuff in scream five for me was the, some of the violence because mm-hmm. it's not a great, just movie, like it's, there's some, yeah, just, stuff. just like what we've talked about with my my always leaning towards i'm a alien guy not an aliens guy i'm uh you you know a a terminator guy not a terminator 2 guy is Mm -hmm. that there's just there is so much of like this is a big spectacle like um it has these like adventure and Mm -hmm. action elements to it that really in my mind are contradictory to the heart of what makes the franchise what made it good in the first one and the first movie is always the best one to set that pace is like alien the first movie is very 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 scary aliens not as scary but a lot more killing and shooting and like right you know that kind of shit and then the Think same uh, predator predator like yeah. mm-hmm. there's way more on-screen violence in predator mm-hmm. 2 and they, mm-hmm. the effects are way better and the environment is way more uh, it's a city so like you can see what's going on more uh, whereas in the, but the first movie is a better movie. It's a better movie. Right. Because you're like, this is terrifying. It is. It understands suspense. It is. It, it, they're always good. Those are also two are really great examples of 
like scope and and levels of uh, production and investment to return on artistic quality where all of those are much much smaller movies especially the difference between in my mind terminator and terminator 2 is like crazy where like terminator the first terminator is like couple city streets at night in la and that's all we're really rocking with and then it's like terminator 2 is like all over LA, we got helicopters, we got, you know, all of this explosions shit, and it's like crazy. But then, but, uh, uh, you know, Bad Boys 2 fits all those descriptions you're talking about, but probably is better. <laughs> yeah! Because uh, that's so the most maximalist, mo- most maximalist oh, movie you could ask for, and it's that's exactly amazing. what you want from is just like, oh, there's more of everything? Great! <laughs> yes. I Even though Bad Boys 1 is a better movie, Bad Boys 2 is a great example, which is, I, I think, um, indicative of Michael Bay and his whole career on that movie is. And I mean, God, I'm talking about like James Cameron and the same shit, but like, I don't know. There was, a, yeah, I Bad Boys 2 is a really great movie, but I do think I like the first one more. But nonetheless, it's oh, okay. I understand, I guess, is what I would get at from our discussion last time about it is I understand why people like Alien and terminator 2 like i'm not saying that those are bad movies and right the, you know at, at all like uh, far from it realistically but you know when you're talking about something like this where this movie scream 2 falls prey to it like i would say not so much on the other movies that we're talking about but this one uh in particular falls a little bit more prey than those two the trappings of the the second movie the bigger budget movie the more you know kind yeah. of um yeah the sequel it, it you know it falls it falls into the sequel stuff where um yeah it's it is really silly at times you know what uh, something i didn't bring up that i had in my notes is that again seeing this for the first time that whole bit in scary movie where uh shorty gets a dick in his ear that like yeah. fucks mm-hmm. him is in this movie where that is insane first and foremost like all of that scene is insane that she just gets repeatedly stabbed in the middle of a sold out theater he gets a knife through a stalled door into his head is so great that's kind of a scary movie too right she's like yeah someone's just getting in like stabbed in front of everybody and they're just like wow she's a great actress (laughs) (laughs) yeah So, yeah, I know I'm God. Now I'm starting to get into my and thoughts, but so let's get into. Well, yeah, one review. of my notes, too, is just like, well, wow, he's a, able yeah, to, to sta- use a okay. knife. I mean, you got a knife right there and you think you could stab straight through <laughs> a fucking wooden door <laughs> like cheese or no, butter. Not, yeah, that was that was definitely I when I saw that, I was like, this is the first kill of the movie is he stabs through a stall wall. Like, <laughs> it just seems odd. But my uh, I speaking of having a knife, like got a knife. It's not that hard to stab someone who's pretty close to you. Yeah, like, oh, for I, sure. I, I did that at work because I, I told people uh, about like the thought I had. I was like, you know, watching Scream 1 and Scream 2, comparing it to like later Scream movies and other more modern franchises, it, it, it feels it has this like loose like feeling of like a movie that like some people like not like children, but like college film students make a movie. Mm-hmm. And then the action doesn't feel I'm really well. So glad you brought this up. You don't mm-hmm. have stunt people. You, you're, you're doing it with college students. And there's that same feeling for a lot of the chase and fight scenes in Scream 1 and Scream 2. Uh, it's very prominent in both movies where he's 
swinging wildly and not hitting anything. He's going to stab where you are, and then he misses or hits the ground or hits the wall. Uh, and I yeah. was like, at work, I was like, hey, I'm just going to like pop out and stab you a couple times with this plastic spoon. And like, uh, but you know, you you try to try to avoid That's it. That's so and, like, fun. You did time, this. I got it. I got Holy it. Holy shit. Mass, I would pop out from behind a curtain or something. Like I wouldn't even go very far. I would just be like, I'd go, what? And I'd walk away and I'd just walk behind. It's we amazing. Have <laughs> dark at night. And I walk behind a curtain and then I just wait two seconds and I flip the curtain over and run up and stab my friend. You should like, work at a haunted house. And I was like, and I was like, and he was like, yeah, I had no idea you were, you got behind the curtain instead of walking away. I thought you walked away. And I'm like, and yet, yeah, you didn't, if you didn't dodge, you didn't escape. I'm, it's pretty easy to put a, a handheld object uh -huh. into somebody's center body mass. It's just not that difficult it's really hard for you to dodge or get out of the way mm -hmm. if i just like eh. and then you're just like this is a kill this is yeah, a kill. yeah. <laughs> i i like I just, to i feel like the butcher. His move is he grabs him like this it's like the, the drew barrymore move uh -huh. is his yeah. move and uh -huh. I, I did that to a couple people where i would just like <laughs> come up and just get him and it's like but it's not hard it seemed but he's so bad at stabbing it seems like he has to grab you hold you still and, and then like, it's for a podcast a i promise and then send it in and it's like you know stabbing's not that hard you <laughs> no make it uh, seem a lot harder than it is right I've, I've read into i feel like i read Get into that too and i always like too, to man. i always like to look at into like the body language of who's behind the mask and see if that means anything and i love the idea that in a lot of these they are just fucking dumb kids that don't know what they're doing yeah. and they just like have this like psychotic ambition that they want to enact but they are by no means like professionals yeah, they're, not they're not martial artists no. they're not uh so yeah, the fact that they are clumsy and that like sarah michelle geller is able to like throw a plant at one point while she's running away and he's just like oh fuck <laughs> you see him get I hit love and, that. Just like, and he's kind of like oh shit and he's oh, like kind of like <laughs> trying to get get after him it's like <laughs> yeah it's like messy it's, i, I love that too oh like the 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 michael myers the the jason that's supposed to subvert the unstoppable killer trope mm -hmm, totally. is that they are clumsy. They are bad at what they're doing. Right. Cause they're normal people. amateurs. They're they not like, like they want to have their worldly psychopaths. So yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For and sure. Then, yeah. Uh, and that I, was, my, that's my last note is that like, he's really, really bad at stabbing in both movies. All four <laughs> killers are bad at stabbing. It's and it not really that called hard. stab. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, that's um, that knife. He's got, has got to have a name now. It should just call be called the ghost face knife, but he always has the same knife, right? Mm -hmm. In all of these. So. Yeah wonder what that knife is and then called. the gun will come out later sometimes That's um question, yeah. i i guess tori spelling was mentioned in the first one as like as a joke of like who's gonna play her in a movie and so they actually brought her in for her stab in. to yeah. to play uh sydney prescott and, I, and in that scene too when luke wilson is is talking to the very end before it cuts he does i don't know what the line <laughs> was but he just like goes stupid and he smacks himself in the head <laughs> just, that's the funniest funniest line hey, it's like a it's kind of a like a three stooges <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, oh man i i one of my notes is i love a dumb adr line yes uh Yes, that's going to be our profession scene, Brandon. We got to get on. That. I love a dumb ADR line. And one that I caught when they were watching the movie in the beginning is there. Um, I, th I can't remember if it's Omar Epps or if it's uh, Jada Pinkett, because both of them, like, I feel like weirdly in the middle of the movie, like one goes to the bathroom, the other one goes to get popcorn or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, so I can't remember which one, but like, as one of them are coming out of the theater, 
this theater is so just rapturous in this movie. Yes. There are grown ass people just having like kind of stab wars. Mm-hmm. Like and now it doesn't seem so weird because Aaron just described how he at work uh, set up a bunch of scenarios in which he could stab his uh, coworkers. So, you know, maybe not as crazy as I thought it was, but like I thought at the time, like, man, it would be like if, you know, and either one of us went to a movie and then like kind of during the middle of it when we're like oh i kind of have to pee do you have to pee oh yeah you gotta pee and then we kind of like kind of prance out of the the theater and then just like get into character about what's happening in that i just thought was insane but a dumb adr line is somebody just yeah they're obviously not on screen at all it just goes haha gonna stab you man yeah i remember that <laughs> And yeah. it's like the most I'm broken. Like, like, no, I'm gonna get you first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna stab you, man. <laughs> Love a dumb ADR line. <laughs> and he like Great. and Omar like hides in the employee thing and like opens the door right on. I don't know, that's silly. <laughs> the the uh Courtney Cox says the line like, oh, like she's smoking a cigarette. Someone's like, Oh, I didn't know you smoke now. Or something, and it's like, oh yeah, I saw her get she got caught in the papers for smoking. And then she says, that was my face put on Jennifer Aniston's body. It is. And yeah, I, I remember that. I line thought that like, was a funny little huh. friend, friends thing that she probably, I was like, is that, is that her idea to, to say that line? And then um, one silly line. Is that what people were saying about them is like, God, I wish I had a Courtney Cox head on a Jennifer Aniston's well, there, body. There was a scandal around that time in between the first and second movie. Uh, Courtney Cox had uh, supposed nudes leaked to the public but they were fake oh weird it was her to think about someone else's back. body oh Whoa, at that time she wasn't wow, that... body it was just someone else's it was just a, a, uh-huh. a, a so she probably was just being cheeky towards her, a, her buddy slash it kind of makes me try to remember yeah. how people would even do that back then <laughs> it just yeah it looked very bad. Like, it would look awful. Snip like you see the, the tape and everything. <laughs> like the next don't match. Yeah. <laughs> Adobe Photoshop existed back then. They just oh, that's right. true. It I wasn't guess. as prol- it wasn't as widely practiced as it is today. But it, was, yeah, it existed. I mean, I mean, yeah. I guess at this time, I no deep fakes. Yeah. I, I looked up the knife. Seven, though, the knife so probably the iconic knife is a buck one twenty. So the the only that much. That's good. It makes that makes buck knives. Oh uh, no! So a bug knife is, is a brand name, <laughs> and they're they're called uh, that knife models called the 120, and that's the one that they use for Ghostface Killer's knife. All the props are modeled after that one, and they discontinued the the knife before the first Scream movie came out because hunters complained that the knife was excessively long. Uh, so now fans of the series can't buy a real buck 120 because man, you just there. can't win with those hunters can you so you have to buy a 119 a buck 119 is the same knife but instead of being this long it's like too this short, long. Too uh, so okay. fans of the series have to buy the 119 because unless you've got like thousands of dollars to drop on a rare buck 120 that is the discontinued knife and most of the ones that are around have aluminum or wooden handles they don't have that black rubber handle that Ghostface uses sure so like, those are really, that, really hard to find. That was why he was there. having a hard time stabbing people. He needed that 119. Yeah. Got to get him that Speaking 119. Of, God, that, that's so funny to you that you bring it up in that way because I was just looking at something from a prop uh, in a movie that was really like I found to be incredibly expensive if I were to get that particular model of it. And it was the uh, lighter in the movie License to Kill. 
Uh, it's a genuine Felix lighter is how they describe <laughs> it. And there's this weird moment in the movie where they turn, where James turns it on and it like blow torches out of it. Like, yeah. Why would anybody want that as like their lighter? And it was so bizarre. And it like, has, like oh, let like, me get that light. And it's the villain. And then you just blow his face up. There's just there's so many things working for that lighter, too, where I was like, fuck, if I could get this lighter, I would buy it in a heartbeat. And then I realized I'm like this. If I wanted this, it would be like six to eight hundred bucks to get this lighter because it was this particular model of lighter. And it, but it's just so crazy in the movie that it's like engraved in a weird way. It's they have a line about it's a genuine it's the Felix lighter who Felix lighter is a character that's been in almost all the bonds. And then like, then they also pay attention to the fact that it like, isn't even practical. It like shoots almost like a fireball out of it. Like who would use that as a, like a, to light a cigar or a cigarette. Someone with a license <laughs> so why to kill. Is, especially with a license to kill. So yeah, it's uh, getting into let me just say getting into prop movies. I get it. <laughs> there are just some things you see on screen. You're like, man, wouldn't that be cool to own? <laughs> oh yeah. That's like a lot of, uh, I'm thinking like Blade Runner 2049 and all the little gadgets and cool looking. I just want to like press some of those knobs on, on like when I see a cool panel or something in like sci-fi <laughs> movies. I mean, I don't know if I want to own it, but I just want to press all those buttons. Oh God. Can you imagine so the, the tactility of yes. some of those buttons that we're talking about? Like you, where you, you just push like that really lever and there's feel some, it when, oh kind of push God. it back a little bit. Does it, and, and is it a press and then springs fully back or does it pop into a, uh -huh. into a half, into a half chode? Do you have to like open a little like cover to press the button? That's not just, a button. Oh you my God. open it and then you like flip a switch and then you can press the button. Uh, oh. um, there's a moment where uh, uh, Courtney Cox calls David Arquette a bonehead. And what does he call her back? A phone head. Because oh. she's on her phone all the time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I couldn't believe they put that in. And he was just, and he said it in the most dewy way. He's like, well, you're a phone head. And he looked ashamed that he had to say that line. Um, was it Jamie Kennedy? This is like Showgirls was like his like his favorite scary movie on the phone call. That was yeah. uh, you know they're having fun there. Because uh, he's the movie buff. And then those oh beatbox boys. Oh yeah, they like come by and like make noise while he's getting killed. <laughs> <It's such> a, <laughs> a guy's yeah. with a beatbox, and it's like oh perfect timing. Now it's too loud to hear him die. Oh, that's right. He gets because who gets uh like sucked into the van by ghost jamie kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah jamie kennedy and then the yeah right um courtney cox an says scene because that shows that like our our returning characters our final four from the previous movie that came back like they're not untouchable and then yes. we're led to believe it's that good. both gail and dewey dies throughout the course of the movie mm -hmm. but they but do, do yeah, survive they, yeah dewey i like dewey that does. I, I like that. I like that they kill, kill people off. They could use do that. Learn a little thing from Fast and the Furious, and you know, start actually, you know, you know, okay, you know, but let me, back. You can actually leave them dead a little bit. You know. Let me just say though, in the third movie, Jamie Kennedy does come back in the way that of that's why I was so stoked about her sister in the fifth movie that uh, James we watched last night is that in the third one her. Uh, Jamie Kennedy's sister in the movie brings a videotape ah, like of that. Jamie Kennedy being like, if I die, then, yeah. then you're in a trequel. And it's this really Hell cringy yeah. moment where oh, he no. from the grave, <laughs> like records this whole bit about like, 
Okay, so rules. if you're yeah. watching this, I die. <laughs> oh, okay, okay yeah. that means you're in a threequel. Uh, Here's the rules of a threequel. And then he goes through uh-huh. it on video from the grave. That's those wow. are the scenes I think that <laughs> I have I have a hard time, yeah, getting past. Um and yeah, really just like, okay, well, let's do let's break it down. I'm like, no, please don't. Um Courtney Cox pronounced a template template. I don't know, just had to mention it. Uh the part where the footage goes live where it's like fucking space balls doesn't make any sense. Right. Where they're watching the, the footage, they realize the footage is like the, the, the killer's footage, you know, like David Arquette and Courtney Cox are watching it and they're slowly coming to realize that it's like, Oh, it's the footage of watching Jamie Kennedy while he was on the phone. And it's like the footage of uh, watching people before they die. And then they see footage of them live. I didn't understand how that happened because it was a tape. It wasn't a fucking live feed. And then they go up there and then the camera's right, right. there. Did, I guess it just like switched to a live feed for just one second, but it made it like seem like it was the tape. Like mid roll. He just like, he, he switches it over to like the, the other, to the live feed. Yeah. And you're like, you know how they could uh, back uh, then in 2007. Dude, no, it was a space balls right. moment. It was so funny. I just wanted Rick Moranis yeah. just like, look at the <laughs> camera at the same time. Well, it like bonk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of rotating around pillars in that final scene where it was just like, ah, oh, I'll rotate this way. Oh, 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 I got the gun over here. Oh, now I got the knife out. Oh, oh, oh. And they're all just going constantly around the pillars. <laughs> like, I mean, that's really inter- interesting for you to point out after just watching Bad Boys 2, where <laughs> there's a lot of rotating as well. <laughs> a lot of rotating? <laughs> a lot of rotating. Do you remember the rotating in that movie? Which part? Where? Where they ro- rotate the camera around. The oh, wall. yes, 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 yes. That was <laughs> just, a lot of camera rotation. But just like the blocking of the of that part was them just like moving to one side of the pillar to the other and then just being like, oh, oh now I'm on, this, I'm on this side. And then they were trying to then Sydney's gonna like going to try to get away and then just move to the other side of the pillar. And they're like, no, now I got the gun over here. Oh, no. <laughs> And then it just for like the next 20 minutes, it was just that um, it'll make a hell of a movie. Yes. Uh, my motive. It is, isn't as nineties. Uh, that was one of the lines um, for was it? Was it a uh, Timothy Oliphant? Maybe he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the modern killer. Cause yeah. I'm and his mm-hmm. whole reasoning was, uh, was uh, I thought pretty interesting. And I, again, yeah, like that usually is one of the more interesting sides of the, the movie that I almost wish they would drive home a bit more in this one. And even the in like scream five, when I think of that, um, let's move on to some reviews. I feel like we're going, going a bit. Yeah, we're going long. Uh, can long. I t- take a, t- take a quick break? Yeah. Let's take a bathroom break and then we'll do some reviews and give some final scores. And uh, we'll be out of here. Be right back. Oh, uh, welcome back everybody. We're uh, moving on to some critic reviews, positive uh, section of the reviews for the critics. Uh, they found this movie favorable at a certified fresh 82. Um, let's check out some snippets. First from Lisa Schwartzbaum, a 91 from Entertainment Weekly. This funny gory stabathon is as sophisticated about the mechanics of part twos as the original was savvy about horror flicks. From Variety, David Rooney gave it an 80. Visceral, witty, and appropriately redundant. The sequel has a winning commercial recipe that's certain to cook up excellent returns in all areas. Uh, let's do Real Views with James Berardinelli. Uh, 75. 
Paradoxically, there's a lot less gore. There is blood, of course, but nothing excessive by slasher movie standards. And there are no depictions of spilled entrails. Craven has remembered that scares are more important than graphic displays of human insides and bodily fluids. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. Wes Craven did Last House on the Left, right? The original that and movie. the remake? Did he, he, and he did the, yeah, he did the original, right? I think so. Yeah, right? th- yeah. yeah I'm pretty sure you're that right. Movie, yeah. That yeah, movie, yeah. I mean, I know we didn't really talk about him as a director and we don't need to belabor the point about how Wes Craven is important to horror movies and the fact that he is responsible for one of the most successful horror franchises, uh, you know, yeah. just really... Yeah, solidifies him as just understanding the genre really, really well and what matters in these movies. And yeah, this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I, I was doing. <laughs> I'm the, gonna, you know what? I'm gonna stop it right there. I was doing the Nightmare <laughs> on Freddy's uh, run, watching some of those sequels. Yeah, not not all great, but there's uh, some good stuff in, in in all of them. I think, and and the formula is uh, is inherent as as much as it is a horror franchise. A lot of them tend to just map that for formula onto each one. Um, but these are interesting in that they play with the, for- the whole idea of formula. Um, I'll do one more critic review from uh, SF Examiner 63, Walter Adegio, Adegio. It's not as good as the original, which was fresher, funner, funnier, and scarier. But if it were, then by the criteria of the film's resident movie scholar, it wouldn't be a genuine sequel. So oh. by its own uh, admission, it yeah, it fills its own prerogative, I guess, is what he's saying. Um, we'll do a couple negative audience It had reviews. a mission, and it completed its mission. And it stated <laughs> it in its... <laughs> in it said a thing it was going to do and did it. Yeah. Man. Not a bug, it's a feature. <laughs> um, from Motion Paintings, uh, gives it a two. I think that sequels are never particularly good, especially not in horror. This film confirms my attitude again. Yikes. From I'm the Noob gives it a three. Scream 2 recycles a bit too much from the original while lacking what the original so good. The story is atrocious and the multiple rewrites that went on during production did nothing but hurt the movie overall. The plot made zero sense. The twist involving the killers felt totally out of left field. It was bad, and it goes to show that sometimes you just can't capture lightning in a bottle a second time around. Yeah. Do a couple more. Oh, I feel like, yeah, this is this is who I am on other movies. <laughs> it's like still looking in a mirror right now. <laughs> <laughs> but being the one that's the staring back at that reflection and being like, ah, oh, but there's so much good in this movie. Yeah, and this one they they didn't this one didn't have like a much larger budget and a much bigger cast necessarily. This one was just like I really feel like they function as part one and part two, mm-hmm. having come out a year apart, all of it. And and yeah. so to to point it to paint it as a like an actual sequel is I think it's not quite the correct brush to to hit this movie with. Yeah, well said. Um, I'll do another one from Eric L. Gibson, uh, gives it a one star titled just boring and predictable, uh, in quotes, he does, he's doing a little, and a uh, few words. he's doing, he's <laughs> doing it. Yep. Done. Uh, he's, he's about to do a little, uh, role-playing as the writers of scream here. Uh, so here we go. Uh, 
Guys, I know how we'll appear to a younger audience. We'll make the dialogue so utterly drowned in sarcasm and metalogues that it'll feel like watching a writer's room brainstorm session versus an actual movie. They won't even notice the same recycled plot devices getting marched on screen practically frame by frame. Uh, the nerdy know-it-all, the sensitive boyfriend that you know is probably the killer, etc. Oh, wait. What is this? This is a... This is a Scream 2022 review that I'm reading here. I'm so sorry, guys. Because right at the end here, it's just, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. They got, but they put it in the Scream 2 section. These stinkers. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to cut myself off there. Um, I'll go to Pets and Care, one star out of, out of five, titled Don't Waste Your Money. Scream 2 through 4 were terrible. I can get through them. Don't waste your money. Hmm. Uh, from Eva Grimaldi, one star out of five. Well, then there's no placing you. <laughs> <laughs> then there's no placing you. Why uh, did you watch the first one and then <laughs> watch the second one and ain't both of them? <laughs> it's not for me. Not for me. That's my thing. I that's what I do. I'm I'm a masochist. Um, Eva Grimaldi, one star out of five. Titled Why? Why did mask make person evil? Sad cry face. Yes. That is such an enlightened perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, people saying it's <laughs> dumb well and predictable. Uh, someone saying, I want to cancel this movie uh, from S Mansfield says one star out of five more of the same, but more stupid. And the acting seems worse. Yeah. Uh, someone says it, it, <laughs> we consider this as a comedy time movie. Acting stupid. <laughs> yeah. Bad. This one says uh, movie stupid. It we consider this as a comedy time movie, we can watch it once. Kind of dragging and too many cast. Too many cast. Too many cast. Yeah, that's always the yeah. problem. Man, don't go see Oppenheimer then, is all I gotta no. say. You want it lean and mean. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm gonna do... You always say that. <laughs> yeah, he does. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're, if you're gonna use a knife, you should wipe it down after it. Yeah. <laughs> Give it the old, <laughs> it the old hand wipe. Yeah, yeah no, everything from, you touch is going to get blood on it, but that's fine. Don't mm -hmm. worry about that. You're not yeah. trying to get away with murder or anything. You got to do the uh, Momoa from Fast 10 and just and just lick it off. Yeah, just lick it off. Yeah, could you imagine? And they like fold the mask mouth up a bit. Yeah. Um, we'll yeah. do one more here. We should, we should get this. We should get the ghost face mask. I, we, me and James were texting about it. Wouldn't that be fun, Aaron, to have... I, I was seeing on eBay, they got the stoned one. They also have the what's up one. That would be really course, fun. To yeah. Have. For Halloween, yeah. I got the tongue. Is that the what's up one? I did. I was the what's up was uh, yeah, the tongue. I did, the, I did that <laughs> one, one Halloween. It was fun. Fun. Good reaction. I, People I got like a good it. reaction out of it. They're like, oh, yeah. It was, it was, it's, 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 I like Ghostface. Yeah. I think, think Ghostface is iconic. He's, I don't, yeah. I think the whole series does well to build up who Ghostface can be. And he does enough scary stuff that he's just, yeah, I don't, he's a great, uh, he's in the pantheon of slasher men, men and women, I don't know, <laughs> the slasher people. But he's just, he's a dude in a mask. And again, he's like clumsy and fucks and he's multiple or multiple people. And I just love that idea of, yeah, it's not like a fucking. And he's opportunistic. Like he'll kill people with a garage door or with, uh, you know, whatever, whatever's at hand. Mm -hmm. dude that garage door fuck man that was oh intense. yeah is that rose mcgowan's death in the first one is that rose mcgowan is that rose mcgowan in the first Whoa. one she is in the first one but is that her death in that one 
Maybe then. I'm trying it's to the friend. Yeah, it's the, it's Matthew Lillard's girlfriend. Pretty sure. It is Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan yeah. I didn't realize that was because we were wow. we were talking yeah. about her earlier in this discussion. Oh, then, oh, then She's the that. she plays one of the best like straight like versions of the like bitchy best friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She yeah. is so oh man she create she's so good in that she creates the archetype in my mind when i saw the first one and, and that happened i was like wow she is so snarky and shitty in all of these little passive aggressive ways in such a way that is so real oh oh yeah uh, i'm gonna do one more audience review and we'll we'll uh, give our th- our final thoughts from inspector gadget gives a one star um titled mind-numbingly awful sequel Craven used to be known to make real horror movies. Sometimes they were experimentation horror films, but now he has fallen for Hollywood's love of cheap scares and loud, loud, loud soundtracks. This film only has one musical cue and that isn't criminal. That isn't criminally loud noise, but it's music stolen from Hans Zimmer's broken arrow soundtrack, a soundtrack. I love this kind of made me annoyed at first and only time I saw this well over two years ago. The photography in this film is the worst I've ever seen. Almost everything that isn't the immediate foreground is blurred and out of focus. Horror films offer so many opportunities for creativity in all areas of film production. But as this film is made to appeal to mass audiences, the style has to be simple, even terrible. There is nothing worthwhile about this film and nothing to recommend. The part that I hate the most seems to be what most people for some reason like the best. A class full of film students discusses if sequels are better than originals. That's it. You see, this is a sequel, and they talk about sequels. Wow. So what? That's the irony. And it's not worth a penny. I've never seen a more simple-minded and superficial so-called horror film as bad as this. The fact that it thinks it's so cool just makes it worse. The true horror of this film is the horrifying ignorance to the audience. Watch Urban Legend instead if you want to watch a campus who's the killer flick. It's junk, but it's better, better than this. The DVD is in yeah. Dolby 5.1 in his letterbox at 2351. <laughs> oh my God. There's a couple things I want to say. About. Is this Jamie Kennedy? Is this Jamie? Ken- Cam- oh, Campus Who Done It? Is that what you said? Campus Who Done Campus Who's the Killer oh, Flick. I love that. Campus Who's that- the Killer Flick. Yeah. Campus Who's the Killer Flick. That is. That's is that like such Brick? A fl- yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. What's some other Campus who the- Who's the Killer? Um, Rules of Attraction? Oh, uh, it's been a while while since I've seen no, that. No, no. Phantom of uh, the Megaplex. <laughs> no, it's out of Megaplex. Yeah. Sleep away, camp. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, sleep away, camp, just mentioning in that on this podcast will just give you a, a just, yeah, a, a strong positive reaction. It's a, <laughs> like, if, if you want to just get us... Going like, yeah, <laughs> just mention Sleepaway Camp in any capacity, and that movie is uh, yeah the best. You shouldn't live, Bill. Here, I oh we don't have it on polarized, but I have a you got sound the sound cue. Yeah, not here. Um, yeah, if you, I mean, if you are curious about that sound cue, this uh, the music he's talking about, there is a mixture of. It's mostly the oh, I forget the main guy who does the music, but. It's mostly his music. And then they brought in Danny Elfman to do one other piece. And then they also use Hans Zimmer's recycled music from the fucking movie broken arrow with John Travolta. Um, and if, yeah, you guys seen that movie? 
I have not seen that that movie, uh, but if you Pretty know good. Dewey's theme, like the guitar, like like his, I I can play it a little bit and share and share my screen. If yeah, you, please. If you do yeah. want to uh, check Dewey's it out, Dewey's theme. Oh, um, yeah, I definitely want fish presence. Oops, let me get it get it going here. Uh, but it's I, w- I don't I'm not wonderful. Get like an energy of this is a simpleton. Just the sheer music sounds. It, it, I that's how I get it, and then it's funny just to see like it's the kind of introduction to, to to John Travolta's character in Broken Arrow, and it's supposed to be played like a lot more like badass, uh, or he's just like a cool like nonchalant hero, or like oh wow, how is he so cool in this crazy action situation? Um, Look at her looking at him; she loves him. So yeah, much. dude, that's something that she's can't so be so attractive. It can't be oh. mimicked, and she's got. I, I didn't look it up. Were they married already at this point? I don't know, but they. Yeah. I'm not sure. Though. Oh, I love this. They're together so good. I love it. Oh, this music has like this is the music that I thought of as like the the discount Twin Peaks theme. Oh, it is very Twin Peaksy. Angelo oh, Badalamenti. Money it is very Angelo Battlementi or Julie Cruz. Mediocre, right? Got a yeah. Um, okay, so that's that. No, I know you guys can't hear. Working hear at with home. the lamp. It's the whole uh, time. audio, but we're gonna check out this uh, Broken Arrow scene as well. Any sign of Deacons? Maybe the son of a bitch is dead. Dude, that guy's the terrible best. thing to say. He plays the villain in Ace Ventura. You see the warden in. Shawshank? Yeah, I think he is. Get him. You assured me everything would go smoothly. Everything is going smoothly, I assure you. Our merchandise is not where it's supposed to be. It's right down there, Mr. Pritchett. Everything's on schedule. Nailed it. Uh, Yep. So I... movie's awesome. And yeah, Hans Zimmer is... uh, doing so much at the time that he can just put one song in in two movies pretty pretty cool uh let's uh move on to final thoughts aaron do you want to kick us off or or what would you prefer uh sure. second I, I i think we covered pretty much everything on this one i think final thoughts is it's a sequel that works and it, yeah and a score as well it work it it feels like a like a part a, a part two to screams part part one and I think while meta commentary is something that we kind of sniff at these days and, and see as played out, I don't think that was so much the case back when the movie came out. And it was, uh, it had some interesting stuff to say. Yeah. It got some, uh, it brings up technology. It brings up kind of pursuit of fame or exploitation of, you know, mm-hmm. intense situations. So there's, there's a lot going on here. And I definitely think that the pair of movies together are worth the watch. And anyone who hasn't seen them both, uh, should have watched them so that we didn't spoil them for you, but you should still go back and watch them because they're they're worth your time, uh, and they're definitely products of their time. It's like going back and watching The Simpsons, being like, "Well, Family Guy did it better." It's like, yeah, but they Family Guy only did it because they got the idea from the thing that came before. Like it's it's kind of affected every horror movie that came after. Absolutely. I think that's about it. Yeah. Um, if you were to you score it from uh, zero to one hundred, what would you give it? Uh. 
that is a tough one because I'm I'm inclined to just like go high and just say yeah. give, give it a nice. Do you want the scores again for what this movie is? If that, that, that would be helpful. Let me take a look at it. It's uh, eighty-two. So got, it's eighty-two critic, fifty-eight audience. Right. I think I'm. Um, I was going to side with the critics, and I, I was going to say like an eighty-four. Cool. So I, I think I'd give it yeah. a nice, a nice, uh, like solid score. Where I'm like, this is not the best film I've ever seen, but like, it's definitely worth your time. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Go for it, Brandon. No, no. James Deeney. James asked. Go for it. Okay. Uh, I, I love having you on the podcast, Aaron, just got to say, cause yeah, you're just very eloquent Thank with you. your words and, and appreciate your, your commentary and, oh. and, uh, you bring up points in a very succinct way that, uh, kind of re- furthers the discussion a lot. So yeah, thanks so much for, for joining the podcast. Absolutely, um, man. Really, truly. Yeah. Big time. You're yeah. Uh, great, great, uh, conversationalist. If, uh, uh, and I am have a podcast and I don't, don't even know how to talk sometimes. Um, this movie surprised me with how, uh, much I, yeah, I enjoyed the meta qualities of, of, of a movie that was very much, um, lining out the, uh, ideas of, and, and thoughts of making a movie, um, within the movie that I'm seeing. And that is very difficult to make entertaining and not grind my gears and they did it in a way where that only happened maybe once or twice. So that's why it's not going to get like a, a perfect score that being like the Jamie Kennedy scene where he kind of lays out the rules of all that stuff. But everything else I thought was very smart and biting uh, satire and, and commentary on uh, pop culture and, and horror movies and how and our reaction towards them. Um, even if it is heavy handed, that's kind of part of the fun of it. You know, even if the, the crowd going crazy at the beginning is seems a little too much. I, I think that's part of the fun of it. And it's, and it's kind of being a little melodramatic in ways that are fun. Sometimes, like I said, it has cake and eat, eats it, eats it too, uh, where it's takes itself a little too seriously, but m- mostly it's entertaining, fun horror movie that happens to have this whole, all these layers to it that are, uh, yeah, discussing our, our reaction to pop culture and, and, uh, horrifying things that we hear about the, in the news and how we use it to make entertainment out of it and make money and how even the people that are close to Nev Campbell, all their different reactions to something traumatic that she's experienced and is a survivor of, I think all to have an ensemble cast and have each one have a motivation that within the framework of this movie and the world that it's set in, it it makes sense and is and is and is fun uh to see them pursue these things and have a little bit of nuance uh kind of like i think of how complicated the leaf shriver's character is and even someone who is not fully fleshed out at the beginning gets his due at the end i think timothy oliphant in his little speech i think wraps up the villain's motivations in a, in a satisfying enough way even if the final acts in on the stage wasn't my favorite i liked him as a villain i liked his motivations a lot as well um coupled with loomis's uh mother um the the first one is de- is definitely better and it, and, it, and it hits all the notes in in a more clean way but this one to be able to address the difficulties of making a sequel while still being a sequel deserves its its paid due as like being its own thing and and it, and being good at that um yeah i'm i'm feeling like uh 
seventies, eighties. Um, I'll do an eighty-one. I'll do an eighty-one. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like this franchise is fun, and as far as horror movie franchises go, these first and yeah, I think these first two. I haven't seen the third one, um, or the fourth. I've seen the fifth, but uh, this is an awesome, fun cast of characters to to get into some some mystery and whodunitness with and i uh yeah kept me guessing and uh kept me entertained yeah nice guys this is so incredibly exciting because i feel so similarly about this movie as you two do hell yeah and it has just been so wonderful to talk about a movie that does things that are really prominent now Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, it, you know, I think, James, you might have brought it up where, you know, the idea of watching something be- with tropes before it's tired and realizing how good a thing can be in when it was introduced, when it was when it was original. And it's not and it, it it's so interesting to watch content thereafter not have the confidence to be original in itself but to also pay homage but the best stuff does and i think this movie is that is it does well to pay homage to the not just and what's so special about this movie is not just horror but also like by and large like teen or popular media at the time and this i think too what works for me is how smart the casting is how specific it is just like with what Aaron had mentioned about this being so deliciously of the 90s is <laughs> i i genuinely feel so strongly about this movie because not only is it the first to do things that now are so tired and so if you want to refresh yourself about and go to like mecca if you will to wear things you know where things originate from in order to like get kind of like this a spiritual fulfillment of like right things used to be this good you know but now this has just been a photocopy of a photocopy and it's been taking a lot of the wrong th- messaging along the way this is a great example of being at that center and having such a smart take on it and it's well casted well acted by and large sure it has some really like it had some pitfalls that it falls into, but I th- it's so weird to be so forgiving of some of those things at times when you want to be critical and you want to make sure that you yourself feel like you understand how important or where what how effective this thing is. And I think there is enough here that its shortcomings are overcome. I think it is a it is representative of its time its place and truly entertaining at the end of the day and that's what really matters is this is a super fucking fun and entertaining Mm -hmm. movie definitely and so i would say yeah for me it's definitely in the 80s i'm gonna go i was at 80 but after hearing what you guys were saying i'm at an 85 i'm at at an 85 yeah i feel great about this movie Oh, I would yeah. definitely recommend it. I'd like watch if it you again, haven't seen too. Scream 2, like please go watch it. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's yeah. Oh. And that's do the double feature. Definitely. Do it. it. Works. Please. Yeah, it works. And it's still got like the most recent one came out 
this year. So like it's, it's still, it's still doing stuff. It's in, in its sixth, sixth installment and what I've heard, and I haven't seen that one, but I've in my little scream Two research, apparently that one takes a lot of notes from this, from scream Two because they essentially rebooted it in the last one in a way. And so this new one is kind of like the sequel to that one. Um, and she, I believe the main character is like going to New York to go to college. And I believe there's some Easter eggs to scream too. So I'm looking forward to watching that one. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm in, I'm in on this uh, franchise and I'm going to fill it out. Um, and it's cool to, uh, be horror movie buds, uh, and to talk about something that's very much worth talking about. And it's made to have these discussions. Characters in the movies are having discussions that we're having. And it's, uh, I think it just makes it that much more fun. And, um, Brandon, I, Brandon, well, first again, thank you, Aaron, for, for joining us. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Of course. And, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, just, uh, such salient points and, 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 uh, so, and very well, Great. well, uh, stated. And, uh, for our next movie, Brandini, I was going to go ahead and just, uh, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. It's another sequel. It's a buddy cop situation it's a rush hour do situation oh, right oh shit yeah it's oh, gonna be a okay fun one. hell yeah <laughs> okay just wanted to make sure i'm so yeah. excited for this movie um it is polarizing so not everyone loves it that's why we're talking about it unfortunately not everyone loves this movie it is a 51 percent critic cr- critically reviewed <laughs> uh movie on rotten tomatoes is a 74 percent audience reviewed movie uh from 2001 um yeah chris rock jackie chan uh please join us it's uh gonna be it's another buddy cop summer sequel. sequel time it's that that's summer what we're doing extravaganza yeah thank you okay okay that's what it's called now there it is okay good is. Uh, yeah you got it it's yours uh it's been such a blast if you want to reach us anywhere polarize the pod at gmail.com Twitch.tv slash polarized pod live if you want to catch us there. Um on X polarized pod. Um and oh, yeah, it's fine. Move on. <laughs> and uh yeah, it's been a true pleasure uh serving you in your polarizing movie needs. We'll see you next time. Love you all. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye-bye now. Highly balanced, super drinkable.